Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And obviously, I say it every single time, but this one is a bloody banger. Uh, my guest today is Justin Montesalvo, and he is the owner and founder of Patriot Campers, uh, as well as the Patriot Games YouTube channel. And man, three hours of this podcast absolutely flew by, and it became an instant classic in my own eyes. Uh, I just, I really, really enjoyed the opportunity to sit down and uh, and talk to a guy like Justin that's built just an insane business uh, from, like he really just came from, you know, nothing. He didn't really have a direction that this was, um, you know, an idea that was like something that he really set out for. He started in a really organic and a really beautiful way and then he and his family just put their head down uh, and have really created something special. And then uh, to add on top of that, they've got an absolutely incredible YouTube channel that just kills it as well. Um, his work ethic is is uh, inspirational. Uh, the drive that he's got, the perspective that he's got on, on running a business, um, being a leader. There's just so much great stuff in this podcast. Um, I took a lot away from it personally, uh, and I'm excited to share this uh, with everybody. I just got to give a thanks now to our sponsors because the show could also not happen uh, without those guys. So thank you to the guys at Boost Mobile. You can head to boostmobile.com.au, the best prepaid data plans uh, and phone plans in the business. Uh, Also, you can head to refurbish.boost as well and you can buy yourself uh, refurbished phones. Uh, They go through an insane quality check. I have one of those phones. Uh, I've had it for months now. It is insane. Um, The like a big saving for basically just a brand new phone. Um, so highly recommend comes with a SIM card as well. So if you're looking to switch over, it's a very easy way to do it. Uh, also thank you to the guys at mxstore.com.au. Congratulations on an epic open day on Saturday. So many kids there, uh, that were getting stoked on riding and these guys truly do give back to the motorcycling community and they're trying to extend the motorcycling community, which is something that I am in line with doing as well. Uh, you can head to mxstore.com.au. Uh, I got myself a chain breaker from there, cut it a link too short. So now I'm going to be going back to buy myself a, uh, another chain. Uh, good times, good times. Uh, same day shipping if you order before 2 p.m. on a weekday. The guys at, at mxstore.com.au have you covered. You can also head to rivalinkdesignco.com uh, for the best graphics in the game. Uh, their Rival Ink Design Co. merch collection is insane as well. You would have seen us rocking that kit. Uh, and don't forget, they're still doing their 100K giveaway, giving away a brand new 110 at the end of it. So head to rivalinkdesignco.com to enter crickstweed.com.au is where you need to go to then get the phone number and call Kyle 
Uh, he is my main man at Cricks Tweed. He does an amazing job there, uh, him and his team. And they have provided us with an epic Mitsubishi Triton uh, to do all of our filming, all of our racing, all of our riding. Um, and it has been an absolutely stellar year inside of the Triton. Uh, once again, crickstweed.com.au. New and used cars, they've got you covered whatever you need. Uh, also, Sammy at Fist Handwear. You can head to fisthandwear.com.au and use the promo code Gypsy Gang or Gypsy Tales. And you can also head to dixonquality.com.au. Same code is going to apply there. Thank you so much. Uh, we got so much on at the moment. Uh, I think we did five podcasts last week. So uh, slowly we'll be releasing all of those. We've got some stuff going on in the US we're trying to make happen. Uh, there's a bit on. Uh, so you can also, uh, if you feel like supporting the podcast to help some of these ambitious projects come to life, you can head to gypsytales.com. Uh, all our matches there, gloves, tees, hoodies, if it's cold where you live, uh, it's all there. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Instagram, love you all. Um, if you've got any questions, shoot me a message, try and reply. So without any more of me carrying on, I really hope you enjoy an epic podcast with an epic dude. Enjoy. Justin Montesalvo. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you very much for having me, mate. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I've actually been wanting to do this with you for ages. Like, yeah. Maddie's spoke about you for forever, and it's yeah. always one of those. There's guests out there that I kind of, I'm like, oh, we'll definitely do that. We'll definitely do that. Yeah, just because your story is insane. The business that you guys have built with Patriot mm. Campers, the YouTube channel, yep. Patriot mm. Games, and it's just a. I think it's a really cool Aussie story. Of just a dude having a crack and it just fucking blew up deluxe for you. Oh, dude, and that's... Look, that's the key to it. And that's that's what it was all about. And, and it's still all about. We're just... Mate, we're just having a crack. Yeah. We're not out to... I don't know. I think everybody's got this kind of false expectation that we're, you know, we're so focused on the commercial viability of the business or what we put on the YouTube channel. You know, we do it for the audience, but it's it's never been that. Yeah. It's, just, it's just us being us and doing what we do and the success that comes with it you know what i mean and i think that's the key you know just, we're just having a crack man yeah mm. so maybe let's start with the scope of where you guys are at now so that people listening <clears throat> that haven't heard of patriot campers yeah. can uh get an idea of where you're at and then maybe go backwards to back to the beginning. where it started because yeah, i think it's cool to know like because mm. you guys have fucking murdered it like it's been it is a wildly successful brand on a Thanks, lot man. of different fronts too yeah on a, lot, on a lot of different levels you know that the patriot campers now look we don't mate we don't it's been a, and this is why i've kind of been a little bit nervous about today to be perfectly honest with yeah. you we don't we don't, I don't let a lot of people in on the commercial side of the business yeah. because what it does is it, it makes us a target. Yes. You know what I mean? And that we'll probably get into that a little bit more and I can see this conversation going that way already straight out of the gate. And that's, that's where I've been a little bit nervous about today because we don't film inside the factory. We mm. don't talk about the success of Patriot Campus. I mean, obviously people get to see it third party. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. But we... we 
you know, we learned very early in the piece, you know, when Patriot Campers first started and, you know, the first 12 months of Patriot Campers, when the business started blowing up, it was all, you know, it was the underdog stuff. Yeah, go for it. Good on you guys. Family business, all the rest of it. And then, yeah, and then it, it was just overnight, dude, the tables turned. Yeah. And it just turned. It's like, you know. It's very unfortunate. Look at these capitalist guys. Yeah. How dare he make money? Mm. Why, is, why does he have that now? Why does he own that? And then that started filtering through to our customers as well. Uh, you know what I mean? It started filtering into our customers that when something went wrong with one of our products and things go wrong with our products, we have a warranty department. You know, I, I say it to everybody, as long as Toyota has a warranty department, yeah, yeah. so will Patriot Campers. Yeah. We, we've never said we're perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when those things start going wrong, it became very personal. Like mm. really personal to the point of, you know, like if Justin put as much effort into his TV show as he did to his customers, uh, yeah. you know what, you know what I mean? Yeah, it started yeah. going down that path and, and it was really quickly in the piece that we kind of, you know, we flipped the whole script on, on really where our marketing went and that's where Patriot Games came from. Uh. So if you look at, if you look at our two audiences, you know, and we have two very distinct audiences, we have Patriot Campers as a brand which I've been very heavily focused over the past two or three years, removing me as the face of that brand. Yeah. But I'm the face of Patriot Games. Yeah. yeah. There will always be a synergy, you know. Yeah. The audience will always connect the two. Yeah. And, and we'll never get rid of that. But it's, man, it's sad. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It's sad. It's sad that it's gotten to the point, you know, off the back of all of our hard work and, and everything that we've done and aspired to be, mm. that that personal element still comes into it. Man, honestly, like... I can relate to that in such a big way because like it has been the biggest fear of mine. Like I'm scared of this to be as successful as it probably will be. The judgment, and it's, man. it's purely like because I work hard as fuck at it. Yeah, dude. And it's like I, to me, it's this is fun. Like this is such a fun job. I get to like what is it that I do I get to interview really cool fucking people yeah. I get to learn like three hours in a room with like really smart really successful really cool people like that is such a great thing for me mm. to do and then I get to try and put that out to people I get to try and sp spread this good message I get to fuck with the studio I've got you know Ronan's a super cool employee you know what I mean like yep. but the problem is you get bigger and you grow and you start doing bigger numbers and ultimately that comes with a fucking price tag it is and it's so such a, hard to deal with though it is so hard it scares to find me, that odd, I mean, you should be scared mm. you know what i mean but I, I think the thing is you know as arrogant as it sounds you have to develop that thick skin man mm. you just you, you have to and don't get me wrong man we're not you know we're not the kardashians you know we yeah, don't yeah, we yeah. don't you know we're not on that level yeah you know we're not we don't have you know 100 million followers on tiktok you know but just the small piece of i suppose fame that we've had yeah it comes with a price tag man and especially when you're when you're in the position this is what i think a lot of people don't really understand patriot games don't pay my bills yeah doesn't pay my my mortgage patriot campers does so we're in this really unique position that we you know we let the audience in on our personal family time but the attack comes at our brand you know yeah we're not we're not reliant on our content as an income you know like most of the influencers or YouTubers yeah. or, you know, they are, or TV shows, you yeah. know, they are relying on that income. They're relying on that. And that, that comes with the territory. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when it's, and I can handle the attack through Patriot Games, that, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. You know, people, if you don't, if you don't like the show, turn it off, man. Oh man. Change yeah. the channel. Yeah. 
but but don't attack the success of me my family and really importantly my team mm. you know because man the people i've got at patriot campus dude fuck I, I hope every business owner can actually say that i've got a culture at patriot campus of people that take it as personally as i do man yeah and it is it it hurts you know when people attack the brand it hurts and it hurts 130 people yeah you know it's it, it makes it tough on that front man yeah fuck man that, yeah that's crazy it's um i didn't i didn't realize that any of that was really a thing i mean it, it makes sense because even just the shit that i get on you know youtube yeah. comments and stuff like that but yeah i mean fuck the position the position that you're in yeah it, it's hard like that that is such a problem with aussie culture in in a lot of ways that oh, i didn't want to be as, the one to say it no but it's I just mean, come it out is. of your mouth yeah. because yeah. the reaction that we get in the united states over the success is yeah. like man they love ballers mm. you know what i mean it, it's like the more successful you are in the u.s the more people want to know you and want to support you yeah in australia the australian culture for some reason it's it's quite suppressive when it comes to success yeah you, you know what i mean oh, i'm gonna get so much hate on that comment but that's that's it is the reality of it. that's the reality of it man you know and, and you talk to anybody who who has you know like a multi-franchise that you know exists in different countries or different markets they will all tell you the same thing yeah you know and it's it's man it's it's yeah it's just sad dude it's hard to deal with well man i watch i don't think it's limited to just australia though like oh, of course there's, not no, there's no. definitely like i watch a guy um adam 22 he's like a podcast dude in america and he's yeah. like interviews rappers and shit and i've been watching him for like years and you can just see that you get to this certain level mm. and then it's just like once you reach the there's like a perceived level of success or fame and then it's like here come the fucking dogs like release the hounds like you've literally it's like a tax bracket once you're in a tax yeah, bracket yep. release the hounds like but it's, and it's, everyone fucking hates it's on the you. mob mentality that comes with social media as well yeah you well, know well, once I mean? there's social proof in something like yep. that it's fun to hate this person yep. or it's okay to it's okay to do it and then yeah. you get and look here's here's the other thing though it always has been and it always will be a mm. minority. Yeah. A minority of that group. A vocal group, minority. A vocal minority, exactly. Yeah. And that's the key to it because you will have this group and you will have a minority percentage of that group, you know, the keyboard warriors or whatever you want, mob mentality or whatever you want to call it, they are the vocal ones, you know. But it, it's funny because the, you know, the, the comments, the, the positive comments come more face to face than they do yeah. behind a keyboard you know what i mean and it's you would know yeah you would know and i, and I think look we obviously you know we, we we're getting to know a lot more people that are a lot more public figures and you know it's funny when you sit down you have those conversations that everybody has that, that everyone same. sort of says the same shit yeah. everyone says the same. so yeah like for you to say like you're gonna get hate for saying that like pretty much everyone that has any level of success that comes on this show has like they'll be they'll it, be yeah. sitting there driving in their car and on the head and going yeah i'll get that yeah you know what i mean and then you will, will get you know the, the comments will start coming through yeah. from the people that don't understand that statement but it's fucking like i wonder if there's something to the fact that there was 750 convicts sent on a ship to it you know what i mean so like at that's what? we get that in the u.s all the time like that's like the running joke because we spend a lot of time in america yeah you know prior to this you know global situation like i mean the year 2017 my wife and i flew to the state seven times man yeah. we spent more than six months of that year in the u.s yeah and that that joke, man. Don't think the rest of the world's forgotten about it. Yeah, no. because man, they bring it up. That they bring it up all the time, eh? Yeah, well, yeah. you got to laugh, you know. Yeah, I actually lived in the US for like eight years. Oh no so, way! Yeah, Whereabouts? Uh, 
pretty much like in California most of it yeah so like I lived in Temecula for probably yep. like the first four years and I sort of moved around like Huntington Beach and Beverly yeah, Hills yeah, yeah. like sort of yeah. moved around a bit but I traveled so much with work I was like a filmmaker over there okay so I pretty much saw like almost every state I think I was yeah well you're like a lot 40. more exposed to that culture over there than I am yeah but, but I mean yeah. seven times in a year to go over there oh dude wild yeah that's wild a, you know I think where it where it kind of changed for us, you know, we did we done an upgrade on like the third flight and flew business. Yeah, and dude, you can never go back, eh? No, no, nope, no, <laughs> I, never again. I've only done one, and yeah. it fucked every other flight for me. Oh, we just started racking up the points. I don't think we've ever even paid for business, to be honest with you. My wife does all that stuff, and yeah. we do the upgrade, but I'd, I'd never fly their economy ever again. But that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it definitely is nice. So you yeah, get, get the jammies and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh hell yeah, it's good. So we're, we're where are we where are we at like to paint the picture of um of, of patriot of patriot wait Ron, can you turn down uh, just level two on the mic a little bit no on the actual box here just a tiny bit was that my exhale yeah which is good though i like it i like it nice and loud um yeah so where are we at overall like paint the picture company wise uh patriot camp is right now so i mean where, where do i even start so we're still you know we're, we're still very very focused on manufacturing australia where I'm a third generation Australian manufacturer um, and we, we take a lot of pride in manufacturing Australia. So our main facility is here uh, on the Gold Coast yeah. in, uh, in Mollendina. We employ 100 people at the at the main facility. We've actually just um, we've just purchased another facility. Yeah. Uh, so to double our footprint, we'll be moving into that uh, or taking that over at the end of this wow. month. Yeah, it's, it's big, big, two or three years in the making. I have another business up in Brisbane called Express Metal Products, which does all of the uh, all the material processing for a very wide variety of customers. But Patriot Campers is very quickly becoming the biggest uh, customer of that business. So oh, that business yeah. is moving down the Gold Coast as well. Yeah, I'm bringing it back home yeah. um, and kind of putting everything under the the management structure or the organisational structure that we've developed at Patriot Campers over the past seven years. So all up, we we employ about 130 people. Um, we've got seven dealerships uh, here in Australia. Currently, yeah. we have one in the United States. Uh, we've got big plans for um, for the US for this year, which we put on hold prior to COVID. Uh, prior to COVID, we had um, we had some really good plans in place for for the US, and then COVID hit and just you know just put everything on halt and you know it was doomsday prepping you know yeah. i was like you know boxing up the windows on the black truck and filling the back canopy with guns like everyone else was and you know uh, you know metaphorically speaking yeah um <laughs> you know re ready for the worst yeah um so that's that's the kind of current state of play at that patriot campers we are the, and then so what about the, the then you've got like the youtube channel which is almost like a separate yeah sort of okay deal. so we've got we've also got the the youtube channel so we have patriot games we've got um there's there's really there's two marketing vessels that we have that have there one is patriot campers which has a pretty strong social media presence we're about 150 odd thousand subs on youtube and combined insta and, and youtube about, uh, insta and facebook about a quarter of a million um but patriot games over the past 12 months patriot games was uh was started for community tv yeah we put on community tv then we got picked up by channel nine uh we ran on channel nine uh, no for, two, for two seasons uh, Channel Nine was obviously it was very very heavy burden on uh, resources internal resources and obviously financial commitment shooting for a broadcast broadcast TV and we kind of I made the decision that YouTube was a better demo for us you know yeah, yeah. so we we pulled out of the Channel Nine deal when we came to renew it after that first two years yeah and we went uh, straight onto YouTube and and YouTube our YouTube channel's been running 
I think I don't think it's two years yet. I think it's about eighteen months, and we're a hundred and forty odd thousand subs. So again, like I'm really saying, we've, we've got a good audience, you know, but we're not. When you know, there's there's guys in even in our space that are you know tenfold that. Yeah, but time, but, bro. Like yeah, but time exactly. You know, say in the past twenty eight days, we've done ten and a half thousand subs. So yeah, yeah. month on month, it's now. Our YouTube channel is just starting to take off now. It's That's really awesome. just kicking into gear now. Yeah. You know, we've gone to a more YouTube style. So we've gone the first two seasons, Channel Nine, we shot very broadcast style, yeah. IV reality style, which was man, it's, it's just not us. Yeah. You know what I mean? When shit happens for us on camera, it's happening, dude. Yeah, we don't have time to stop, mic up, reframe. Bring in the FS7. Hold up a sec. I need that. I need that statement again. Can you undo that winch, like, dude? Yeah, like, it, it's happening now, man. Run and gun. Yeah. Like, run. otherwise you're taking the fun out of like the experience itself. And that's that's exactly yeah. it. That was the key to it because it became, you know, Patriot Games became this it, man like more than a full time job. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Patriot Campers, like I said, that's, that's paid what pays the, bills, the bills. And that's still where my passion is more importantly. Yeah. My passion is still in my in my factory. It's still with my engineering team, my marketing team, my sales team. Yeah. My my boys and girls, my team on the shop floor. Yeah. That's where my heart is. You know what I mean? I'm the first person in the door there every day or one one of three. Yeah. You know, either Jack, my engineering manager, Tanya, my business manager, or me are the first or rock operations manager are there in the morning. And um, mate, million miles an hour there six or seven days a week, you know, whatever. Like yeah. it's you know, people talk about that work life balance thing. I don't, I don't have that. No. I don't I don't know what that is. I honestly don't yeah. know what that is. Like I don't know what the difference is. Work is life. Yeah. life is work you yeah. know what I mean it's just, it's one and the same so anyway getting back to Patriot Games we we really made that push into YouTube YouTube style a lot of selfie stuff has come out uh, this season so I'm controlling the story I'm the ex- executive producer of that show always have been I'm controlling the storyline and the big cameras are there to capture, you know, the montages and give it that, you know, that real entertainment, that cinematography value yeah. that kind of puts us above, you know, that just your general vlogger. Vlogger. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's a real, it, it's a really, it's a really unique mix in our, in our kind of target demo. You know, yeah. we shoot completely differently than anybody else shoots. I think anyway, Yeah. You know, that's subject, subjective, obviously. Um, and it's worked. Yeah. Like it's worked because now the kids are coming of age and, you know, the boys and, and Mia, we've really protected them on the show for the past three seasons. We've only shown what we want to show. You know, they've never been stars. They've never been in, in directly in front of the camera. They're always there. Yeah. Second tier. Yeah. Now my boys have come of age, you know, they're 17 and in eight weeks, we've started handing the camera over to them and dude, like the comments, the storyline now, my daughter actually wrote her first song like three months ago and she played it on last week's episode of, of oh, Patriot awesome. Games. Dude, it's blown up. Like, blown up. She's 13. You know what I mean? It's blown, we got all these, you know, all these uh, social media guys reaching out. They want to get her on a track. You know, we've had a couple of people that have said we wow. want, to, want to get her locked down and record, you know, one of those tracks. So, you know, the point is now that the handover is kind of happening. We have the next generation of Patriot Games. Yeah. You know, I can continue doing what I'm doing and, and appealing to, I suppose, the, the family. Yeah. But now we've got, you know, these three little gangster little kids. You know, like my kids are just, they're, they're all stars, mate. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm keen to see where they go if they want it. Yeah. You know, if they want it. So throughout the rest of this season, you'll start seeing a little bit more of them and, so yeah, I mean, look, we we make the statement a, a, a fair bit, you know. We're kind of 
first and foremost, we're a manufacturer. I'm a manufacturer, like through and through. But we've organically become this marketing company mm. that manufactures a product. Yeah. And it's just, man, the position that we're in could have, could have never dreamed that we would have been here you know, as quickly as, as we have. And mm. I think it's because of that that you're getting the whole picture with yeah. us. You're getting, you're getting everything with it. Man, it's funny, like, fuck, there's a I've, massive fan. Like, huge props Cheers, to, for what, like, just to... I didn't, I didn't do... I, I purposely never do a bunch of research for these things because I like to fully... Like, I like to hear it firsthand yeah, for yeah, the first time. Yeah. Fucking huge fan. Yeah. Like, for, Cheers, for what you've done... Mm is like i know the work that takes yeah and like for me to sit here i cannot fathom how somebody could even give hate towards the success that you've earned because yeah. it's so fucking earned man like oh, dude, i just i know exactly that's why what you've put into that that's why it hurts so much sometimes yeah. you know what i mean it's so it's but a, look such a i don't want to yeah look we, we've kind of you know we've steered directly into that path you know so early in on this piece and yeah. I, I knew it had come up i don't want that to be no yeah i don't want that to be a focus of you know it's i, I don't know how we got into that but we did get into that but it, it the work that that goes in behind the scenes man oh. it's i don't think anybody can understand the sacrifice that my entire family and and i mean my wife who is like oh, dude I don't, I don't know why she's still with me to put it i'll put it to you that way that's it's that yeah. Yeah. she is like man you know when people say like she's my rock like yeah. she is she is my rock like there is absolutely no way that any of this would have happened without her support and the kids you know, yeah. on the shoots, like, oh, we're going to Cape York. We're going to do the telecheck. Well, we ain't doing that like a normal family does that. Do yeah. You? We're doing that in a seven-car convoy with three cameramen and working 18-hour days to do that. Yeah. We still have fun, but we don't have fun the way that we should have fun, you know? Yeah. I put a new camera on, cameraman on last season. You know, he came out on his first trip with us and we had to cross the Simpson Desert in like 48 hours. And at the end of it, you know, we bought, I brought three sandboards with me, you know, for the mm. kids to go sandboarding out in the Simpson Desert. But we had three days to get across the desert. You know, if, if anybody who's listening watch those episodes, they were pretty hardcore. And the way it's presented is the way it went down. Anyway, the point is, you know, we never got the sandboards off the truck. Yeah. And we get out, you know, to our destination. And he goes to me, he's like, dude, like this was his first shoot with me. He's like, man, it's probably not really my place. But shouldn't we be finding the time for the kids to go and use those sandboards? And it was like, dude, like hit me like a ton, ton of bricks. Hey, props to him for saying that. Oh, props to him for saying that, man. He was, he was, he's one of those really honest guys. That's fucking cool. It was, it was fucking cool. And that's, you know. you can trust pretty much everything that dude says from it, there on and out. And from there on yeah. out, it was like, had a really good relationship yeah. with him. You know, he's, he's still working with me. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, we've missed out. There's so many, you know, that Post Malone song, I wish I could have been there myself. Do, do you know that uh, song? Yeah. Um, I can't think of the actual name of it. Anyway, that, that I mean, that song, when I hear that song, it resonates with me. It's about him going to all these places and all yeah. these concerts and doing yeah. all these things, yeah. but he wasn't really there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's been part of the work that's gone into building the business. Yeah. You know, my wife used to drop my kids off to me, you know, when they were six years old. She'd drop them off to me on a Friday after school. We'd camp on the floor or the factory floor mm. with a bonfire in the middle of the factory, running the laser machines all weekend. This was before Patriot Campers, you know, and this is what led to Patriot Campers. And they camped with me all weekend. And then Sunday night, she'd come and pick them up and drive them back down the Gold Coast, man. Mm. You know, people people don't see that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that story there and, and how the business was built and all the sacrifices that the family has made to get us to where we are today. 
this this is the shit people just don't think about before they go and run their mouse on social media. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. It's funny too, like, it's sort of, it seems like you got to a point, and this is just me assuming, but with like the YouTube and stuff like that, you just, you kind of see like, okay, for this to just be as good and as big and as like full as what it's potentially, uh, like its potential is, I just got to do it. Like, yeah. There's just stuff that you just got to do. Man, and the YouTube and yeah. all the fuck. Because, I mean, I feel the same way with this in a way. Like, there's a there's a ton of stuff that I just didn't really want to do. Mm. But then it's like, well, you if, if, you, if you don't want to do that, yeah. then this is the box you're going to live in. Yep. But if you can put aside your insecurities and if you can put aside the fact that you're going to get fucking towed on yep. social media and if you can put aside all that, yep. maybe mm. you could be great. And, and it's like, that mm. sort of seems like you just accepted that and that, that position. That's Man, that's so true. And it's so true to everybody. And, you know, I even say it to my staff and I say it to my kids, you know, you, you got to put yourself out there, man. Mm. You know, this is the day and age that we live in. You know what I mean? TV commercials are dead, dude. Mm. print magazines are dead that doesn't matter how good your marketing team is now you know if you can't get out there on social media and really engage an audience with, i was gonna say build a community yeah engage an audience with with what you're trying to achieve whether that's selling something whether that's your music whether if you want to be a social media influencer you got to expect you got to accept everything that comes with it mm. you know what i mean and it's it's a very very difficult thing to do but there is no man i'll go back to the first video that i ever shot you know what i mean i watch it now and i'm like dude i just yeah. why couldn't you just be yourself yeah you know what i mean i don't, I don't never want to be anyone else on camera i'm me yeah. you know what i mean that's and that's that's what's worked for us that's what our audience engages with is it, it engages with the passion and the and the speed and the arrogance and all of that stuff is what our audience is built around and the more that we give that audience yeah the more they're engaging with us yeah you, you know what i mean yeah so it's man it's 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 just part and parcel uh, part of of running a business growing a business you got to put yourself out there on so many different levels. Yeah. You really want to go to that party, but you got to get that job done. Well, fuck, man, you want to be successful? Mm. I'll tell you what the only choice is. Mm. You ain't going to that party, dude. You ain't being hung over on Monday morning. You know what I mean? Like, you can't afford that. Yeah. You know? That's that's what the that's what the employees will do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there's a certain... There is a certain thing. And I mean, fuck, dude. I've worked for myself literally since the day I left school. Yep. Like, I just decided I just wasn't going to get a job. Yeah, me too. And I was just a fuck up, yep. like, pretty much until I was, like, 28. <laughs> and it's like, this has that been... That makes two of us. Well, this has been the only thing that I've really, like... I mean, the film thing was fucking insane like i literally traveled the world for eight years but it wasn't like a business that i really made work like i was just a gypsy like i just fucking gypsied around the world and and it wasn't until i did this and then i realized doing this that like to be quote unquote successful Hmm. like there's no real secret to it at all there's literally just like you wake up in the morning and you go I could do this, 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 and this to make this business better. Yep. And then you just don't fucking go home until it's done or you work until you can't anymore and then you sleep and then you get back up and you do it again and you lose 
like the concept of Saturday, the concept of Gone. Sunday, Gone. like all of these concepts yep. that you can attach to like being fucking normal. Yeah. They just got to dissolve. Mate, they're, they're out the door. The, the, look, the be, I reckon the best thing, the best definition of success I've ever heard, and I, I haven't watched this. I think it was Matthew McConaughey done a speech at the, at the Grammys or something and it was a long time ago. Do you, do you know that speech? Yeah, I, th- I actually think I He does this speech about... Fuck, I've got to rewatch this again because I reckon it's one of the best things can I've ever heard. Can you pull it up, Ronan, Matthew McConaughey? Um. Oh, see if you can pull it up, man. It's like... I think it was Matthew McConaughey and he does this speech about success is the person that he wants to be over a period of time. Mm. That's his definition of success. Yeah. So success is the, the man that I want to be in five years or ten years or... or you know, it's something along those lines. I haven't seen this for a long time. Wait, maybe go that second. Oh, no, that's 40 minutes. That's Speech that broke the internet. Uh, yeah, go that one, maybe. Maybe it's that one. Oh, dude, he's like at the Grammys or something. I'm sure it was him. Fuck, talk about charisma, eh? Yeah, oh, dude, this guy, wow. Oozes it. This is this is my wife's hall pass. Yeah, yeah. Hey, respect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, no, no dramas, I'm not competing yeah, with yeah, that. respect. Is this it or? I think this is it, bro. I don't know where it is in this 10 minutes. Well, yeah, people can uh, search that one if they want. Yeah, search it up. But it, look, it, it talks about success is yeah. like, you know, it's it's the person that he wants to be over a period of time, right? Yeah. And I think that really, I think that'll probably clarify for a lot of people what, what success really is because everybody's definition of it is completely different. Mm. You know, when you hear the word success and I think me for a long period of time, I heard the word success and I thought success is, it's cash, dude. It's money. Yeah. You know, it's a Ferrari. It's a big house. It's all that sort of, dude, it's so much more than that. Yeah. Success is, you know, success to me is always, it's been, it's about self-satisfaction for no one else but me. Yeah. You know, I could sit here and lie to you and say all the decisions that I make are made, you know, around my family and, and the well-being of everybody around me and, and that, but selfishly it's not. You know, what really comes first for me is pushing myself, which naturally brings everybody yeah. along with me to, to complete a task, any task that may be, that I see is needed to push our business further. Yeah. So whether that's a marketing objective, whether that's a new product, whether that's a model uh, release, and sometimes, you know, sometimes, not very often, but sometimes that's that's the detriment of our success as well. Sometimes we do, you know, the business does push too hard, but the culture I've created at Patriot Campus now, they can't blame me for it anymore. It's yeah. everybody who's there. It's like it's got its own oh, thing Oh, dude, now, it's yeah. just like this. It's just this thing now. When someone comes up with an idea that resonates in a management meeting, dude, I'll take, it's a, on. I'll take a back seat now. Yeah. Like, it is on, you that's know? Sick. And that's that's where Patriot Campus is going to be heading into the future. You know, the future of Patriot Campus now, it's too big for me. It's yeah. too big for one person. I cannot do it on my own. It's just impossible. But I've got, man, I've got this crew of people there that, you know, man, they're just amazing, amazing people. And that's what's going to be the, the success of the business moving forward, you know? So how much do you reckon you have personally changed and grown oh, in dude. the journey? Because like, I mean, yeah, for, for myself, like even just for the few years I've been doing this, like this has been, there's like such a crazy forced accountability in this because mm. like I have to sit in this fucking chair and like be a good 
humble person to like let people tell their stories and to you know like then anything i say is on record hundreds of thousands of people hear it if i have an idea if i like there is such this crazy forced accountability that uh i've kind of taken on in this role and like i never considered that but yeah oh it's been the most fucking amazing thing personally for me i feel like i've improved as a person just through like i've been forced to yep and and i i think that anyone that has got to the level that you've got to with with business like you would have changed so fucking much oh, and I'm like not even it would have been painful no, it would no, have been painful they're not even in the and not even in the ballpark i'm not not even there's there's not even i don't think there's a resemblance of justin five ten or fifteen years ago in the person that i am that's how i feel yeah, right? yeah. i'd believe it man. people around me will, will probably tell you different man i was like Dude, in my early... T- I left school in at grade 10. I, I was a fuck-up at school as well, man. School wasn't for me. I was, I was smart at school. You know, like I was... I, if I would needed to do something at school, man, I was always I was always really smart at school. But I wasn't engaged with school. Yeah. Like the rules don't apply to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of... That's the way, that's the way I'm wired, man. The rules yeah. just do not apply to me. I am the guy that will go through the orange light. You know what I mean? I will. I will always push that boundary, and that's that was my problem with school. Where did that come from, though? Oh, dude, I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't know. I think you know my parents are a massive, massive influence on me, and they have been my whole life. You know, um, my mum is like the strongest woman. She's the only person I've ever met in my life that scares me. Yeah. Put it that way. My yeah. mum still scares me. I just turned forty, and my mum scares the shit out of me. <laughs> She's very. My mum is very, very, very intelligent. So super intelligent super driven you know very powerful woman um and my old man is you know he's he's your classic entrepreneur you know what i mean he is the guy that always looked at everything kind of left field and thought oh i could do that a little bit better so i think that was that was obviously a lot of that a lot of that drive but um you know when i was younger man i left school and you well i got kicked out of two high schools and uh, then I went to TAFE and I'd done a, like a waiters course at TAFE just because yeah, okay. my, my mates were doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my old man was always in metal work. He was always in sheet metal. You know, he was in fact, and I hated factories. I didn't want to be in a factory. I don't like the dirt. I don't like grinding. I don't like the noise. And um, then I, I took off and went overseas for oh, six months. That wasn't a big stint. You know, I'm a Where'd little, you go? Oh, man, I traveled all around Europe. I spent a lot of time in uh, Greece and England. But like I said, it was only six months. So when I say a lot of time, I kind of hopped around a month yeah, here, a yeah. month there. And, you know, wherever we could afford to go, me and my sister just jumped on the plane and we went. And then I got back from I got back from that trip and I just needed a job, right? I, ne- I just needed, I needed money. I needed income. Rang up my old man. I said, Dad... You know, just as that had happened, my parents had separated, you know, but they lost everything. Ended up, you know, that's a whole nother story for another day. And my dad had just started up this this new sheet metal business and he had one employee. He had all this old janky shit equipment, knuckle stop presses and this old plasma cutter. And it was just, man, it was it was like bad. You know, yeah. he's going to hate me for saying that. Um, and I rang up dad and I'm like, dad, I need a job right just give me a job i need to come there until i figure out what what i'm gonna do i'm like 18 at this time my brother's off in the united states you know he's living in california he got poached by subaru he's building drag cars over there he's living just out of hollywood he's living the life i'm the next kid coming up i'm 125 kilo fat like just like man just not in a good place you know what i mean and um, I went and got this job with Dad and, you know, a couple of months after I started with him, Dad's like, look, there's a trade show on down in Sydney. 
do you want to come down to Sydney to this trade show with me? And I have a look at these machines. It was a machinery expo. Yeah. It's called Oztech. I'm like, day out of the office? Fuck yeah, I'll go. Yeah. yeah. If I don't have to be here for the day, yeah, I'll come with you, Dad. Went down. They had to wear a suit. So uh, I don't even know where I got the suit from. Anyway, we're flying down there. We've walked in the door. And there's all this CNC equipment, million-dollar machines, $2 million machines, fully automated, guys throwing CAD models around, sheet metal in CAD. And I, I will never, ever forget, I'll never forget walking into that show. I'll never forget that for as long as I live. I've walked into the show, and there was no shit. There was like something out of Looney Tunes, dude. Just this massive ding, like this light bulb just went fucking boom. What the fuck is this? What, it, Huh? This, this is how you can manufacture stuff with equipment. And I just fell in love with the equipment. Yeah. Didn't know what for or what to do with it. I've just fallen in love with this equipment. And anyway, we're down there for two days. And on the plane on the way home, I've got all the brochures for all this. You know, and there was this Trump laser machine, which is the Mercedes Benz of lasers. One and a half million bucks. Dad, keep in mind my old man's running equipment that's worth five or ten grand. Right? Yeah, right. And I'm sitting on the plane with Dad. And I'm like, Dad, we need one. We've got to get one. And dad goes, what for? I'm like, I don't know what for, but we need one. And my old man, this was his words to me. He goes, if you work hard over the next 12 months and you aim to get one of those machines, we will come down here next year and we'll buy one. Fuck, and sick. keep in mind, my old man is just coming out of recovery of a, of a pretty gnarly divorce. Yeah, Didn't have two cents to rub together. Was driving my brother's car. You know what I mean? For him to make that statement for me, and this is my, this is the entrepreneur side of my old man. And that's, shit that's that was just like a click you know back to the conversation we just had that that is what my dad is like you know mm. 12 months later we flew down then we wrote a check for one and a half million dollars and we bought a machine wow and it was just like we got the machine installed turned the machine on you know like a couple of months later machine got installed we turned the thing on and it was like right what do we do with it don't know what we had no work for it we had no use for it we had this piece of equipment that the lease was like 20 grand a month Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know how we swindled it. I don't know how I still don't know how we got the money from the bank. We sold a pretty good story and um that night I was playing around with that machine and I ended up the guy that we bought it from who was back in Melbourne at that time after he commissioned it, they hand over the machine, and they say, Right, that's yours, we're going. They've jumped on a plane, they've left, and I'm I've I've gone home. And I've gone in later on that night. I'm like, I just want to play with it. I couldn't turn the machine on. And I, I remember I was sitting beside that machine and I was literally in tears. I was crying. Wow. I'm like, I've just fucked my dad's life. I don't know how to run this thing. I don't know how to use it. I don't know where we're going to get the work from for it. Come in the next morning, shirt and tie on, in the ute, just start knocking on doors, dude. We got this laser machine. Back then, people were like, you know? We ended up finding the work for it and then we ended up, you know, me and my old man built this business. Then my brothers come on board, my sister come on board and they've turned it into... And that business is still operating, still running. So that's know. the one that's up in... No, that's the family business. So I left that about 12 years ago yeah, and went okay. out and did my own thing when I had my kids. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of... That was the light bulb moment that got me into where I am today. Yeah. You know, but getting getting back to where that, where that story kind of come from, you know, at that stage there... I was young. I didn't really understand what the money was all about. I didn't understand the finance, you know. I was, I was just not in a good place in my life. But 
something clicked that day when I walked into that show. And I don't know whether it's in the blood, you know, it's just part of, you know, me coming into that manufacturing that finally after 18 years, I kind of understood what my dad did and I saw the path that I had to take. Mm. You know what I mean? I just knew that that was me. That's what I had to do. And that was the start of everything that landed us to Patriot Campus today. But we have so many stories like that along yeah. the way. There's so many stories that, that are like that along the way that, um, you know, it's and the change in me from, you know, I really think from that day forward was was really what's turned me into you know kind of who i am today yeah because it's like a it is a crucible being in business like you, you crucible like it, it's like this this fucking fiery pit and it's like this battleground that you go into and it, it like mm. it has a way of just like you either get beaten into submission yeah. and then you leave with your tail between your legs or you fucking pull out the sword and it sounds dramatic but it, it kind of is like that because so many more people fail than succeed yeah that's that's the sad part about it i don't know what the separation is you know do they, do they just start off with the wrong dream do they not really know what they're getting themselves into do they not have the stamina, you know, mm. to persevere through it? Because it gets back to like what we said before, you know, if, if you want to, if you're in that crucible, right, and you want to go home at four o'clock, you're going to burn to death. Mm, yeah. It's over. Yeah. Like you ain't going home at four o'clock. You know, it's, it, you know. I think it, it like, it plays on, it, it's got a way of like, I, I guess it, maybe it's not even just business. Like, it's like any goal that seems mm. way bigger than yourself. Yeah. It's got a way of just like holding up a mirror to all of your insecurities. Yeah. And they're like these roadblocks in the way. Yeah. And it's like, you need to face those insecurities. You need to face those sort of demons in yourself, the self doubt, like man, the, to sit and cry next to a machine oh, that you just spent. Tears. Like I fucking, I can relate to that on like, you oh, know, man. different senses of, you know, like buy, I bought the first camera that I, I was fucking 17 or 18 and I spent, I got a credit card and I maxed out the credit card and then mum put the rest of the money on her credit card for my first camera. Yeah. I had no fucking idea how to use it. I still have the, the tripods in, oh, the tripods in the other room. No shit. I bought it in 07, still have the fucking thing. Still got it. And I remember the week I got my first gig that weekend, which is why I pulled the trigger on it, to yeah. sold the dream. Yep. of like, oh, I can film, I got this, I got that. Yep. And then I went riding broke my fucking collarbone in a million pieces what before the shoot two days before awesome. i had to fly to melbourne to yep. do this shoot yep. so then i just still i fucking put on my backpack with a broken collarbone loaded there. to the gills and i i went around this motocross track for two days yep. with a broken collarbone i did my video but man it was that same moment like i'm sitting on this fucking plane with a broken collarbone mm. a maxed out credit card yep. maxed out my mum's credit card to buy this fucking camera that i didn't know how to use yeah like that is that is the if you want to be successful if you want to do something in that kind of lane like fuck that's the shit you gotta face like there's you, just no barriers dude no nah. there's, there's no yeah man like it's like i've got so many stories like that dude there's so many stories about you know what led to where patriot campus is that is based off the back of exactly what you just said there just can't be any boundaries you know what mm. i mean and I, I i don't think i think business is completely excluded from from that as well i mean it, it doesn't anything that you want to do in your life yeah yeah anything that you want man i used to do i haven't done it for a long time but i can remember you know when i was younger if i wanted something man and actually i got this from my old man as well shit maybe he has influenced me and my mum has influenced me more than i think 
My old man used to do this thing, right? If he wanted something, he'd cut a picture out of a magazine and he'd stick it on the wall of his office. Yeah. I remember he had an SL500 in about, it would have been like 94. Yeah. Remember when SLs, like, like drop top SL500s and then yeah. 600s were just like, dude. Yeah. How old are you? 32. Yeah, all right. So you I think I'm 33 this year. Yeah, so you're a little bit younger than me. Google that SL. We, we need, we'll get an image. Oh, dude, and he had this... SL550? SL500, like a, like a drop-top SL500. He had this white one with... Get images um, of that shit. Let's uh, that's, that's a new one. Punch it. There you go. See that silver one on the right in the image search? That was about the era. So that's this is about the era. That's Damn, it there, that's dude. Sick. And they were they were just like, man. And that's looked out. My love of cars and all of my my brother's love of cars definitely comes from my dad. But he used to do this thing where he used to cut cut these things out of uh, magazines and he'd, he'd stick them on the wall beside his light switch in his office. Yeah. Now my old man never actually he never got there, right? Well, growing up, we were we were pretty well off growing up, right? We never had disposable cash though, right? We always my my parents were really really good at at assets, right? We always had really good factories. We had good equipment. We had nice homes, but never had toys. My dad mm. never had toys. You know, he he was always, you know, always. Is your dad still around? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. my old man, my old man is like he was my best man at my wedding. Yes, he's, yeah. he's like my best friend. He's in the show. He's in Patriot Games. Yeah, he's awesome. in every episode of Patriot Games. That's it. So yeah, he's um yeah he's he's still around. He lives just down the road, but um he never really had toys. You know what I mean? And I think um, I think that's probably you know on the the flip side of that they say the next generation you know they learn from the earlier generation, that's where my love of toys I think comes yes. from because I've got more toys than than most people I know right. He who dies with the most toys wins. That's my motto, dude. <laughs> my staff will tell you that you know I got I'm, man if I if I really want something there's no two ways about it at some stage I'll get it right that's kind of how it works and my wife is all for it because that's that's me as long as I'm entertained she's happy right because <laughs> she she's she don't like running at the pace i run at on the weekends right yeah so um yeah where was i where was i going so he, with that he puts so the, yeah so he, he puts the pictures up on the wall and i started i reckon when i was about 16 i started doing that and up until about i don't know maybe only a couple of years ago i stopped doing that right because what it, what it kind of did for me is it gave me the aspiration and and again I th- look this gets back to exactly what we're talking about outside of the realms of just business right or you know setting yourself goals I'll put these pictures up on my wall and either two things that happen right either either end up with that thing that was on the picture or over a period of time I'd be like no that's not the direction I want to head yeah that's not what I really want yeah and I'll pull that thing down. Hmm. you know what I mean yeah and it was just this I don't know it was like this Jedi mind trick I used to play with myself yeah do you really want it if you really want it then eventually I'll end up with it if I don't want it then I don't and the picture comes comes yeah. down off the wall you know what I mean yeah man it's funny that whole uh, I, I honestly think that everybody in life wherever they are right now you want to be there and, and yep. I think that because you do get what you want and I look at my time in America and I had like, I wanted to be a director and I wanted to like write movies and like, that's what I wanted yeah. to do, but I didn't want it. Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. I wanted to come back home yeah. because I ended up back home. My fucking visa shit the bed and well, that comes back it. to the success thing then, doesn't it? You know, the person that you want to be over a period of time. It's, uh, I mean, that that's where that starts resonating. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, that statement is you are where you are because that's where you want to be. Yes. You know what I mean? And if you're not there, well, then you're not successful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that you, you 
need to it, it's cool the way that you said that you'd put that there and you'd take it off if you realized that you didn't want yeah. it because i don't think people in general are as in tune with what they want as they think they are hell no yeah agree agree 100 percent agree yeah definitely oh there's men me as well you know what i mean me and and i think shit generally i think that's a really really broad statement that that applies to everybody eh? and what do you think though is something that helps you identify what you want oh because that's kind of this that's kind of like the million dollar question right I, look i change my mind a lot eh? I, I really do i'm very indecisive about directions that i want to take and that that comes with uh, i suppose the pace that we run out the pace that i run out and I, the expectation that i have of people around me you know we say we're gonna we're gonna go down one path and we're gonna take one direction but the goalposts and having the ability to be able to analyze the situation and move the goalposts yeah i think that's 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 a major bonus trade eh? you know a lot of people will say that in me and especially my staff that I'm always moving the direction on. A lot of people will say that as a detriment to my personality, right? Or, or, I completely disagree, right? Obviously, I disagree because it's yeah. the way I am. Yeah. If we can make the... If we're on a trajectory to, to do something or achieve something and we can really analyze that situation and be able to have the flexibility mm. um, in our business to move direction as we see fit well that gives us a lot more opportunity to be successful with the end outcome yeah you know we we can never really set the sails north and go north mate COVID yeah like there's that i mean there's the typical example yeah you know there's the perfect example we made so many fucking good decisions during COVID, man yeah right. as a business as a collaborative team we made so many good decisions that ensured the success of the business coming out the backside yeah and now the position that we're in you know the patriotism surrounding our market here in australia and overseas man anybody in the four by four industry right now is sitting in the box eight eh? yeah and i don't think this is going away for a while I think I think this is gonna this is gonna hang around for a while. Eh? I think you're extremely correct. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't see it changing. So how do you then? So you get you're in the position like where you've just identified that it's very uh, it's a very positive thing to be able to be able to pivot quickly. Yeah, be um, flexible. Yeah. But how do you manage getting bigger? Because there's a certain point where size restricts mm. that kind of movement so is that something that as like a businessman you try and be like cautious <sighs> of dude and that's you know that's one of the biggest things that's you know going back to my personality that's what's one of the biggest things that have changed me there's so many cogs to turn now mm. to change anything at patriot campus yeah right so that early that really early flexibility let's say we go back to the days where we were five or ten or fifteen staff yeah. I was I knew everybody by not everybody by name because uh, actually now I don't know a lot of my guys by name it's impo- and I'm useless with names too, but I knew all the skill sets of everybody on the shop floor right I knew the capabilities and capacities of our equipment, I've I've got this I've got a seven sense when it comes to my workshop I can take a lap around my workshop and I can tell you exactly what's wrong what's good just by looking at it I don't need to see numbers right that comes with manufacturing being in the blood and obviously being the captain of the ship. 
Yeah. I need the overview of everything that's going on. So we used to be able to make these really quick, agile decisions, making a change without documentation, without considering warranty, without looking at the quality system, without bringing safety aspect into it, without you know HR or any of those types of things. Because it was it was tribal knowledge in our business. Yeah. Because everybody had that direct input to Justin. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I had four hundred balls up in the air, and I'll never drop one of them. You know, as the, as the company grows and the systems get more complex and the process gets more complex, because it has to. It's a requirement of yeah, a growing yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. There is no other way of doing it. Yeah. You can't rely on tribal knowledge anymore. You hit that point where tribal knowledge is it's not worth anything, right? And, and it's it's very hard to take that as a business owner because you know that you can jump in there and you can make that change and you can make that happen, right? But when there's 5,000 changes going on at one time, mm. well, that's where the impossibility comes into it. You can't do it. You've got to rely on your people. You've got to rely on the processes to be able to make those changes. And fundamentally, what that does is it, it slows our innovation down. Yeah. And it, it starts suppressing and chokeholding the innovation in the business because the ability to make a small change turns from a one-hour process yeah. into a three-month process because yeah. it has to follow all the way through that chain. And that's that's been something very hard for us uh, to deal with uh, in the business because we have been so well-known as being innovative yeah. and we have been first to market on every product that we've created. There's nothing that Patriot Campers has ever done, ever, and this is a big statement, but there's nothing we've ever done that uh, was a competitive product to anybody else in, in the market. We've always gone into market sectors that didn't exist. Yeah, you know, right. from uh, the camper trailers, you know, when we built the first camper trailer seven years ago, there was nothing that resembled a Patriot camper anywhere in the world. Really? Really. really. Like there was nothing that resembled a Patriot camper. And in, so where did that in inspiration come from in you? Well, that inspiration for the first design was we were avid campers. So my kids were... My boys were, when we started, when we built the first camper trailer, the boys were about eight years old and me was about five years old. And that's what we did every weekend. We yeah. went camping. And we bought from your $2,000 shitbox uh, trailers because that's all we could afford at that time. Up to the last camper trailer that we bought was about 70 or grand. Couldn't afford it. I've got a real hardcore motto and I've had it my whole life. We do not finance toys. If we can't afford it, we don't buy it. We actually finance this camper trailer. It was something that would enrich my family time yeah it's something that would have made camping easier for us and we could use it as a family and it was to me it was it was an asset you know what i mean it wasn't a toy this is this was our life this is what we were yeah. doing every weekend and that still resonates with me today with my customers but um we bought this camper trailer and it was just like man yeah we took it out the first trip and me and sarah were just fighting about it, it was too heavy we got bogged on a beach one night going to Australia on our own and we landed there at six o'clock in the afternoon and we spent the night there on the beach <laughs> with three young kids, Fuck. bogged up to the eyeballs, water lapping at, you know, my Hilux and, and the camper trailer and we almost lost the whole program and 5.30 in the morning, these fishermen come through and seen us on the beach and towed us off the beach and we ended up going home and we just had so many bad experiences with this camper trailer, you know? And um, it was it was Christmas Christmas 2013 it was and we still had this camper trailer and we were out on a trip and I was sitting there and it was literally the story is this right and our fans people who know Patriot Campers will know this story but we were sitting around a campfire back on Stradbroke Island and I was sitting there with Maddie, my best mate a couple of my brothers and that and we were literally sitting around a fire we were having beers 
and I got a stick and started sketching like in the sand beside the, the campfire dude what do you think if we build a camper trail like this just the outline what if it had this and what if it had that what if it was shorter what if it was more compact what if it was lighter what if you could tow it fucking anywhere you know what I mean and we started having these you know these conversations and it was literally we got back straight after Christmas and I was like you know that skit with Mr. Burns the aviator scene where he locks himself in that yeah, room yeah, yeah 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 that was me for like six weeks man really nobody would come anywhere near me didn't go home slept at the office seven days a week 16 hours a day my whole office just scattered in samples of stoves and electrical so I knew nothing about building a camper trailer I was I was I was a laser cutter then I was obviously sheet metal you know and we were building electrical switchboards so I used all of the design technique that I knew from switchboards anyway I designed this camper trailer and I had the design finished and I printed it all out proud as punch you know it's in this laminated folder and I'm like we're going to dinner with all of our friends at my brother-in-law's restaurant down in Rabina so I turn up there I'm like babe it's finished it's done here's the here's the fucking design sit down with all my friends start going through the pages and there was like 10 people at the table and everyone's looking at me like has this motherfucker lost his mind? He has gone off. He's the lost. Deep end. He's lost his mind. That's what everybody was looking at me, you know. And it was. And I got. I, I felt that. Yeah. And I and I felt all my friends looking at me like. Don't get me wrong. Everybody put on a, like, yeah, dude, good on you. But looking at me like, are you for? And I'm like, man, we're, I'm going to build a camper trailer. And everybody started, you know, looking at me weird. Anyway, this is we're in 2014 by then, you know, with like January 2014. So anyway, whatever, like typical me, what, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm going to build the camper trailer anyway. We started building this camper trailer in like February. We built the chassis, built the box set, and then my business got really, really busy. Yeah, uh, so we parked it down the back. Comes June that year, um, I'm like, right, pull that, pull that trailer out. We'll we'll finish it off. We finish it. The powder coater comes up to me, you know, and he goes, man, what color do you want me? One of my stuff. What color do you want me to paint it? I said, mate, what color have we got the most of? What's excess? Because I don't yeah. want to waste any money. Yeah. He goes, oh, we got this green down back, the back that we were using for Energex or whatever. I said, yeah, man, just, just paint it in that, which is now the company color. Fuck. It's what Patriot Campers is famous for is this is this uh, color. And um, so we finished it. We finished the camper trailer and it's like July by then. It's my birthday, my birthday weekend. We go back to Stradbroke Island because we're there every weekend. So we're driving in the dark, 4 a.m., going to the ferry. We get onto the ferry. I'll grab the kids. We go upstairs on the ferry to grab breakfast, yeah? Up there having breakfast, come down. Sun's just coming up, and there is like 20 or 30 people on the barge just surrounding my camper trailer. There's guys underneath it crawling. It had no name, no logos, no stickers. No, It was just a camper trailer I built for me and my kids, you know? And all these people are looking at it, and they're like, what is this? I'm like, oh man, it's just a camper trailer I built, and I'm like, and that's what I'm like, dude, I'm onto something here, eh? So you didn't have any like commercial no, bro. ideas until nope. it was done, and you're on that till fucking boat. Till it was boat. done, till till it was finished. Every it, hey, I, I the built, market decides. The market decides. We get back like three weeks later. Camper Trailer Australia magazine ring the office of Express Metal Products. Somebody from that trip at Stradbroke sent the photos in. <laughs> to Whoa. Camper Trailer Australia. They've traced it back to me somehow. Rang my office, said, tell us about this camper trailer. Told them about it, sent it some new photos. I said, look, we want to come up and do a review on it. Come up with a name for it. Wow. And I'm like, oh, fuck. What's going on here? Look, we've re we really do have something here, yeah? So they've come up, they've done the review on it. In the meantime, me and Sarah, every night on the couch, A4 piece of paper, writing down all of these names. We had f like fool's cap book 
filled, like filled with names. And me and Sarah were sitting on the couch one night in between and we're like, I don't know who said it. We still, we don't argue about it. We agree that it was both of us. Somebody said it and it was just like, oh, fuck, that's it, Patriot Campers. That's the wow. name. The patriotism comes from our patriotism surrounding Australian manufacturing. People think that we picked that because of the US market. You got to go back to where we were at that stage. We weren't yeah. smart enough to be thinking about the US. I was going to say like that's the ha- <laughs> that's the happiest accident because yep. like Patriot in yeah, America yep. is like fucking bang. Oh, that's stamp that. man. Like, that's yep. you could not have nailed it. Couldn't any have harder. got. Couldn't have got a better. But there's no way you've got that foresight. There's, we didn't have not that foresight. Then. We didn't even know we had a product for the Australian market. Yeah, it yeah. was the Patriot campers came wholly and solely for the patriotism around Australian manufacturing, which I've been beaten into my head since I was born, since birth. Mm. I am the guy that will go to Harvey Norman and say, show me the Australian made fridges. I'm that guy. You know what I mean? I am the guy that will go to the supermarket with my wife and I will literally look through the rice packets and go, made in Australia, put that in the trolley. Like, I, dude, I wear it on my sleeve. I'm an advocate for it. I don't know any better. I'm not a. I'm not an intellect. My kids are not intellects. We're hands-on. We, we need that industry. Anyway, that's that's probably another story too. So we so we come up with this. We come up with the name. They come up. They do the review on the camper trailer, and then after they did the review, they put it in the magazine. They're like, "Do you want to bring this thing to camper trailer of the year competition?" Fuck off. I'm like, huh? And they're like, yeah, bring it to the Camper Trail of the Year competition. It's it's going on in September, October. And we're like, hell yeah, we'll bring it to the competition. And that's in that transition period from a, the magazine calling us to going to Camper Trail of the Year, that's where the commercial vision for Patriot Campers started. Prior to that, so call it luck, call it a fluke, I don't care. Yeah, we still did it. Mm. We built it. We put everything that we had into it. I sacrificed, my wife sacrificed everything that we had just to build a product that would enrich our lives. You know what I mean? For us only and not for the commercial aspect of the business. We go to Camper Trailer of the Year that year and we win it. Australian Camper Trailer of the Year. And it was just like, dude, it's on. That is insane, man. That's the story. We've won it seven times, seven years now. We've won it. You know, wow. The business is eight years old. You know, so we keep innovating, we keep reinventing the wheel, we keep going back, and we keep building these products that are surrounding, it, and that's what we do. We're, we're a lifestyle brand, man. We do. We enrich people's lives. That's what we do, and that's where you know, that's where the passion comes from, man. and that's the passion inside of Patriot Campers. That is the yelling and screaming that happens at Patriot Campers. You know, probably more frequently than I'd like because it is, it is out it, of passion. It's yeah. personal, man. Yeah, like it's. I've been there. I've been that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still am that guy. Everything I do, I do surrounding my family. Everything. Or there's nothing I do that my kids aren't there. No, mm. Nothing. From the launch into the United States, my boys come with me. You know what I mean? At nine years old or 10 years old, I chucked them on a plane and we sent three camper trailers over to America and we toured America for four weeks not knowing what the fuck we were doing, but we just wanted to our, our camper trailers to be available to the American market. Yeah. You know, so it, it does get, it, it gets, and again, going all the way back to when we first sat down, that's where it gets so personal from. We've been there, we were those people, we still are those people, and we still do genuinely care about every customer that makes a fifty, sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 investment into a freaking trailer, Yeah, you know, because we do believe that it, 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 it does what we tell people it does. You know, fuck man, hats off to you. Yeah, cheers, bro. Honestly, like I, d- I didn't understand the, 
the the depths of the backstory. And I'm yeah, so man. glad I just got to hear it firsthand. I didn't look too much into it before you come on. Yeah, that's that's, that's how it happened. Dude. What a fucking journey, dude. That's where it all went down, man. And this, like I said, man, there's been so many stories like that. Yeah, that that are not they those stories are not created for anybody else. And at the time, the intention is not for anybody else. Mm. It wasn't for social media. You know what I mean? It wasn't for pats on the back. It wasn't for you know people to go, oh, you know, good on you guys. We don't we don't work we don't work for that. Mm. We never have. The business never did back then, and it sure as shit doesn't do that now. Mm. You know what I mean? We yeah. we 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 don't look at you know at our probably at our detriment. We don't look at commercial viability as the first port of call when we're designing a new product yeah well i mean we do that way the, down the chain well from the very f- onset like <clears> the <throat> way that the first trailer was born it was it's, not commercially it's like still it was, the same yeah. it's still the same the advantage is now we have market knowledge we have market share we have yeah. distribution i mean look we make calculated decisions it's the, the business is too fragile now mm. we can't not but it's never the driving force for a new product. Mm. Like when we built the P-Core trays, the first P-Core trays, you know, nobody was building sheet metal trays to that extent in Australia. No one, no one was doing it. Now it's just so common. It's a commodity item for a truck now. Yeah. No one buys, you know, like a flat deck, like OE installed dealership tray anymore. They go to us or any one of our competitors and there is some good shit coming out of Australia. Yeah. Some amazing stuff coming out of Australia on the camper trailer front and the, the back of Ute stuff. But... You know, we've always pioneered those markets. We've always looked at things from, all right, what f- it used to be, what do I want? Now it's collaboratively, what do we want? Yeah. What What is what is the all the, the engineering team at the businessmen, that, that's all, all they do is full driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's, it's very, very collaborative now. So how, like... How much is the the Made in Australia thing? Like, is there a lot of the Australian industry that is made in Australia? Like, how... No. Where are we at in terms of that? Oh, dude, is that it's, something it's, that we should strive to kind of oh, work man, towards? It, it, is, it is... Look, it's so sad what's happening to Australian manufacturing, eh? And especially over the past five to ten years. We don't have we don't have an automotive manufacturer in the company, yeah. in the country anymore. I was down in Adelaide last week. I was down... You know, went to Redmark and raced the dinghy derby last week. And, um, mate, we were driving through real industrial part of Adelaide, man. You can see all the old foundries, all the old factories that were all there to support the automotive industry. Mm. And you got it. Me and my dad, dad was sitting in the passenger seat with me when we were driving through there on the way back to the airport. And, dude, it's just, it's so sad to think about the domino effect of manufacturing shutdowns here in Australia. You think about yeah, automotive manufacturing, you think about Mitsubishi, Chrysler, Ford, Holden, like, fuck, man, Holden. Mm. Holden's gone. You can't buy a HSV anymore, like, huh? But you think about it, it's it's not specifically the the big corporate manufacturer that that is sad to me or concerns me. It's the flow on effect of the supply chain. You know, mm. it's the guys that are making the wheels. It's the guys that were making control arms. It's the guys that were machining, you know, tie rod ends. It's the rubber supplier. It's the glass supplier, and all of those businesses that support the production of a vehicle. Mm. There, there's thousands of them. There are tens of thousands of them. And industry's gone. Trades lost. And I think my, most importantly, it's the skills lost in in the country. Not everybody is going to be a lawyer or a doctor, man. Yeah. Like, you've got to come to terms with that. I went to my kids, uh, inf- my kids are in senior school now. I had information night there at the school two days ago. All they t- talked about, all they spoke about for an hour was the ATAR. That's it. 
That's all they spoke about was how do they how do we get these kids to university? Yeah. How do we get them the grades they need to go to university to get a university education? And I'm sitting up the back of the room, Phil, like putting my hand up and say, hey, what about the kids that don't want to go to university? What about yeah. the kids that aren't going to go to university or don't have the intellectual acumen to be able to get into a university? Because what are you doing being, for them? It's about being good at tests. There's smart motherfuckers that can't do oh. a test. Maddie, dude, yep. Maddie, when he first started this business, could barely type a fucking email. He's a smart motherfucker that makes smart fucking moves. Yeah. And he can, like, he could barely type an email when he started. He could never, he could never have gone to university to do yep. sports marketing and all the business stuff that I he does. It extremely successfully. Oh, like my old man's dyslexic. Like, full-blown dyslexic. Cannot read or write. Yeah? If, if I gave you something my dad had written, you would. there is no way you'd be able to interpret it. Mm. The only people who can are the people that I've been brought up with it. Right? Yeah. Smartest dude I know. Yeah. My mum, on the flip side, very intellectually intelligent. Yeah. Like, super intelligent. MBA, she's now the chairman of the CPA Australia. Yeah, you know? Right. Like, she's like... She's up there. smart. But, you know, that having that balance for these, you know, for these kids, and, and I look at it at Patriot Campus every day, I've been pushing, one of the big things that we that we are going to do at Patriot Campus, we've been talking about it for far too long, I want to put in one of the best trainee apprenticeship schemes that this country has ever seen, because mm. there is nothing automotive anymore, there's nothing specific in the RV industry uh, for a trade, we've been talking with uh, TAFE Queensland for a while now, we haven't had the resources to have the ability to do it, but now we do, and the HR department is focused on bringing kids out of school and giving them a future mm. based off the back of a trade. Yeah, you know what I mean. One it's- of the um, one of the most alarming things for me when I lived in the US was that whole college thing. Yeah. In America, like that culture yeah, of that- just pushing for university, like their country. Yeah. isn't great yeah when it comes to trades it is not yep. to be an electrician <laughs> to be a chippy mm. to be any of those trades yep. is not a sexy thing to do and nah. and that's like a cultural movement yep. that started in schools yep and these kids were only put like you i would get it when i'd i'd like date chicks or whatever and they'd be like oh what'd you study at college and i was like oh, i didn't go yeah and it instantly was like a massive red flag i'm yeah. like well i kind of do this other shit you should have just lied about it you know say <laughs> you used to ride your kangaroo over to college or whatever oh you know? dude but yeah. that that it's a problem in their society now and mm. you go over there every construction site is mexican workers yep every uh mechanic shop is all mexican workers like they don't have a healthy trade-based industrial working class in america anymore yeah and and it's become like a big problem for their country well if we don't concentrate on it it's going to be a big problem here too 100 percent. that that the flip side here though and i mean look i've got you know like i said my twin boys they're they're uh, they're 17 and eight weeks so i've got this really good insight into where that that age of culture really is yeah it is cool in australia right now to be a tradie yeah it is cool my kids rock high vis on the weekends and so do all of their mates that's it they watch all the tradie shit and they my kids go to the server now and buy meat pies because it's cool to be seen eating a meat pie because you look like a tradie dude yeah, like right. that, that's legit you know what i mean and i've watched this i've watched this evolution of that happen over the past kind of six to 12 months where, where it's really kind of taken off and you watch the young social media influencers like in our kind of demographic which is your four by four gu patrol driving kind of mate yeah, yeah. that's that's the image the image is is trade yeah you know 
and I think, look, personally, from what I've seen, anyway, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not educated on this subject. This is my opinion and what I see firsthand. And on the flip side, my kids go to, I think, and I won't say which school they go to for obvious reasons, but they go to one of the best schools um, that that I've ever seen or heard of, right? So the school does an amazing job. But what kind of really pissed me off when I went to this information night the other night is there was no mention of the kids that aren't going to go to university. Yeah. One of my boys wants to go to university. The other one of my boys, flat out, he's considering going to trade college like now. You yeah. know what I mean? Because he knows he's not going to go to uni. You know, like I knew I was not going to go to uni. So how do we resource these kids to to be able to achieve a skill set or a trade outside of pushing them to go into university when you know mm. that, that there's there's a vast majority of them that, that don't want to go to uni? Or they're going to fail. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I wish I knew when I was young, uh, and, and it would relate back to getting a trade or the university or whatever, I I always had this like real negative outlook on discipline. Mm. I th- I've equated discipline as like prison. Yeah. And I sort of did everything I could. I, my idea of freedom was to avoid discipline. Yeah. And now that I've learned and I've, grown and i've changed discipline is what gives you freedom a hundred percent and i think that i wish i knew that and just the fact of finishing a trade and the discipline that it takes to finish a trade whether you do it forever or not yep man there's just so much freedom in that like here's this four-year block of my life where all i gotta do is just get paid to yep. learn as much shit as I can and just get through it yeah, yeah. I mean look and, and that's yeah I mate I couldn't agree with you more because I did it too you know after I'd done that that stint at that yeah, waiter course or whatever I went and entered into an apprenticeship for a chef and I ran that for two years I did it for two years and I was only man I was only like 12 months out of the qualification but I knew that that life wasn't for me yeah that every Friday night every Saturday night and not for the reason of you know because uh, I couldn't I couldn't do that I would never do that for somebody else. You know what I mean? I would do that for me. I would never I would never do that for anybody else. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. But the, the discipline factor is, you know, man, I'm, I am considered so strict on my kids. And I am so strict on my kids, but I do it for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are rules in life. There are rules that you cannot avoid. And the rules are put in place for the organisation um, you know, the country that we live in, you know, even, man, you hear people, you know, jamming on cops all the time or ragging on cops all the time. Dude, at the end of the day, I'm, and I don't want to get into that debate, but man, there's a reason why we live in the country that we live in. Mm. There's a reason that my daughter can walk to the shops at 10 o'clock at night, man, and we don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? The discipline comes with playing by the rules, you yeah. know? We, I took my kids out racing, you know, you know, we're into, obviously into racing, I've got the trophy truck and the kids have got yeah. the the Polaris Razor and man, it actually it was, we put it in the episode. My kids turned up late to the start gate, right? They got a four minute penalty and the boys are kind of like, oh, they, they shouldn't give us a penalty. What do you mean they shouldn't give you a penalty? <laughs> Cop it on the chin, dude. They're in second place. They, they wrecked, they ruined their whole weekend. But having those those boundaries, those guidelines uh, for those guys, for everything that they're going to do in life, you got to play by the rules, man. It's, it's just the way the world is. The world has to function with that organization. Man, and especially like as it'd be, I could see it being a challenge or a thing that you've thought a lot about. Like your kids have grown up 
now rich essentially oh yeah you know what i mean like there's a lot of fucking privilege that comes with growing up rich and having a baller dad that's got this big ass personality does what the fuck he wants yeah that's gonna be hard for kids if you're like you have to be strict on those kids unfortunately that's scary man look my personality scares the shit out of me when it comes to my kids because my kids having the ability to i suppose walk in my shoes or fill my shoes it's man it's and well, i ain't saying that with arrogance i eh? i'm saying that with nothing but love it's 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 going to be tough for them and it's already start becoming tough for them you know what i mean they they've already made the decision the boys have both made the decision that they don't want to come into patriot campus obviously i hope that changes and whichever way they want to yeah go, i mean they don't know what they want at 17 they, at 17 they don't know yeah. but but I think the point is at 16 they've already made that decision that they don't they want to they want to plant their own flag yeah they, they want to do their own thing i think they you know i think they they definitely idolize me and they definitely are, are proud of what i've achieved but the boys and where sarah and i have made and and some amazing decisions and i think where i know we've succeeded is off the back of some of those statements with the kids that they want to do their own thing mm. man i just you know look i just help my, my son out my kids have been working in the factory since they were about 12 years old every school holidays not some every every saturday i go into work they'd come in with me school holidays they come in they check in they clock out they have lunch with the boys they get paid they get super they get all the rest of it both of them have saved up over that past sort of five or six years a good sum of money. My son went out and spent like $10,000 on his first car. That kid could buy a brand new 79 series. Yeah. I, I would ensure if that's what he wanted, that's what he'd get. I could buy my, my son an $80,000 car. Well, let's let's be honest. I'm in that position. Would I? Hell no. Yeah. Not a hope in hell. He needs to go through the struggles. He needs to understand what it takes to modify a car, where the money comes from, you know? Mm. When the thing breaks down, how does he fix it? How does he deal with all of those situations, you know? that's And that's all part and parcel of, you know, us really having to watch what we do over the next couple of years when it comes to those kids. You know, they're a personality. People know who they are. And, and kids are fucking cruel, man. Yeah. Like, kids are real cruel. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, we got we got to be really conscious about the next few years. But I, I I definitely feel like up until now, Sarah and I have done a we've done as best as we could, and I think we've done a good job. Well, it's funny that when I was talking to Maddie, because Maddie set this yeah. this up for us, that's yeah. one of the things that he said is he's just so good with his kids. Yep. And any time that that's a thing that runs parallel with fuck, this dude's created the gnarliest business. Yeah. That's a cool thing to have somebody say. Man, it's not. Look, it's not by accident. Yeah, you know I was gonna say I mean? that takes work. Like That's you can't, you can't fluke into those. That. Those kids are. Those kids are everything. Like and and literally they are everything to me. Nothing nothing else matters. Like mm. and that's you know it sounds like a you know it sounds like cliche. A, a cliche. But that is the reality of it. And anybody who knows me knows that. You know there is nothing else in my life that matters. Not work. Not business. Not the YouTube. Not the social media if it's at the detriment of my relationship with my kids. Am I the best dad in the world? Probably not. I'll do the best that I can, but I will always put the kids, the 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 well-being of them in any situation that we're in relating to business or outside of business, I'll always put that as part of the first decision. How much of that comes from the divorce of your parents? Oh, tons. Yeah. Yeah, heaps of it. That makes sense. Yeah. Like we had, you know, my, my, parents, my parents were oh, high school sweethearts. Like me and Sarah. Me and Sarah have been together since she was 13. Wow. She's, she's, what? Yeah, dude. She was 13 years old. I was, no. I was 14, you know? Um, and we've been together that whole time, like my first love and, you know, the, the only girl. I still think she's the sexiest thing in the world. 
you know what I mean? And she's, um, you know, we've we kind of followed in the footsteps of, of my parents, but my parents were the same. They were high school sweethearts. They got divorced when I was, you know, 17, um, something like that. But you kind of, you know, it's that's it's like I said before, that's that next generation has always got to, has to pick up on the flaws of the, the prior yeah. generation, you know. But my parents were good parents. Yeah. Really good parents, you know. My dad, well, I'm one of eight. Did you know that? No. Nah. There's eight of us. Wow. Yeah? Six boys, two girls, one mum, one dad. Yeah. Um, so we had a massive family. So one on one time with my old man was rare. It was really rare because there was so many of us. Mm. But we were always, you know, like my parents, we were always doing shit with them on the weekend. You know, we were going out camping or, you know, we, we always found time to do something, go to the beach. But it was as we all started getting older, it got a lot harder. So that's where, I mean, me, I can't be alone right I cannot be alone I can't do it I cannot sit in an empty house on my own if I'm at home and everybody goes I have to go and find something to do growing up with with seven brothers and sisters yeah. I'm just not used to it yeah. you know, and I don't like it um, so now it started getting getting to the stage that I'm really kind of hassling my kids on the weekend to do shit with me yeah you know what I mean but you got to have the realisation that this is their time now yeah you know what I mean so they kind of they'll go out and I know they're coming back I always set the rules you have to be home by X time if they have to be home at 5 o'clock well guess what quarter to 5 I'm sitting out the back waiting for them you know yeah, what I mean yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's a little bit creepy but you know that's kind of that's something that you got to deal with as a parent you know I hear parents say oh I can't wait for the kids to be out of the house fuck that <laughs> i don't want my kids to ever leave the house that's awesome they're my best mates yeah. all three of them they are my best mates you know i do everything with them and and i hope it lasts for as long as possible um without really you know suffocating them and letting them letting them do what they need to do so being with your missus since mm. you were 14 and she was 13 yeah that is about as uncommon yeah, as it gets it's like for odd yeah oh it's when yeah. people hear that i get the reaction that you just gave me yeah yeah like you kind of you look and you're like huh yeah, i fucking legit. admire it oh dude legit like we a- we are like man we're fucked for choice yeah there's too much there's too much choice well there is now yeah yeah well i mean you're not that much older than me like yeah you know no, what I mean? but i mean like you definitely grew up in a but di- I'm in way a, different, I'm in a different time i'm in a different situation though because you know prior to obviously social media facebook yeah. and all that that kind of bullshit you had you had the pick of the girls that were at your school or you know maybe the girls that you met on uh, at a party yeah you, you know what i mean now which the, that's what it was like for me yeah, when i was younger yeah now the networking dude yeah. is just my kids on the weekend hang out i would say 20% of their friends that they hang out with on the weekend from their school. Yeah. 20%. And then there's a mix of another 10s and 15 percentiles that are different schools from around the Gold Coast. Yeah. That never happened when I was growing up. No. Never. That never happened. You ran with your crew from your school, maybe some crew from another school, not crew from 10 or 15 different schools. Yeah. That didn't happen, man. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of, that's where the, the social networking is now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think they do have a lot more choice now. But I don't know that that's a good thing. No, hell no. I'm not saying it is. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying it is. But you know, I was, cause, cause of that. And again, the parental influence. It was an influence from my parents. You know, they were very successful. They were, you know, up until obviously divorce. Man, they were so in love. You know, mm. like my parents were like. It cr- like crushed the network here when, you know, Julian Robert, huh? Julian Robert getting divorced. Well, what? Mm. You know? So that was, I think, based off the back of my parents doing it at a young age. And my parents were all for it. 
you know, they encouraged it. They encouraged the fact that well, I had a lot of friends. They don't 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 get locked down with a chick now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When my parents did, they kind of nurtured that relationship. You know, and like, yeah, dude, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's a lot where it kind of come from. And man, we've like everybody, we've had our ups and downs, and we've had. Dude, I know we've both had times where it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why, why are we still together? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, what, what did you rationalise when people would be like, I can't believe you're just going to bang one chick for your whole life? Ne- never, never, never. You just don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's you, awesome. You said it. Like, honestly, don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's and that was always... Uh, that, that That is such like a... I mean, that's such a huge thing for dudes. Yeah. In life is It was to, never for me. Yeah. Uh, hey, hats you know? off to you for that. Well, I had, um, at that time growing up though, actually, you know, thinking about it, I've got a good mate of mine, Mick, that I haven't seen. He lives over in WA in Carrath now. And I remember, you know, we were real young. I think we must have been about 15 and we were sleeping up in my mate's attic. And he just got uh, with his chick, who he's still married to today, Jess, right? <laughs> so he was in a very similar situation to me. I remember one night, me and him were, we were like 15 years old and we were sleeping up in our buddy's attic. And I remember he said to me that night, he goes, dude, how, how good is it not doing what all these fuckers are doing? Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, man, I'll just, you know, you and Sarah and, like, and me and Jess, like, we don't have to worry about all that shit at 15 when all the other boys were like, what are you guys doing? You know yeah. what I mean? So I'd never... I don't know. Just never the thought process never, never affected me. Yeah, man. I'm I've been victim to that shit. Yeah, like massively. Like yeah. when I was in the states, fucking, it was just on. It was a currency, man. Yep. Like that, and that's the problem. I've spoken about on here before, and I've really realised that. Yeah. Um, definitely in the last few years, is do as a guy, do everything you can to avoid the bitches that you're banging being a currency yeah like because i'm like and even saying it like that that's like that's the way that it's said that's the way that it's thought of and it's fucking wrong i've always been exposed to it dude like i've got you know my mates oh you're working in a factory but i've got mates that are still doing it yeah you know what i mean i was running around with that that whole crew and that's exactly how it was and even after school like you know all the boys went overseas to run that currency that's that's what they all did right I've seen the stories, I've seen the photos, watched the movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like back at the time, it's like, you know, they're all high, high fives and shit. Well, now, all of those boys now look back at it and be like, dude, what was it doing? Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fairly deep regret for some of them. Mm. Others of them are like, man, that was the time of my life. Yeah. But I never wanted to experience that. I never got to experience that. And I sure as fuck don't miss it. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's super cool to, yeah. to hear. Like, that's a story that you just don't yeah. hear. And again, it's like that discipline. Like, there's so much discipline in that. A lot of work in that, man. I bet. A lot of work in that. A lot of temptation there, eh? You know, with the crew. Especially once you start getting money and you yeah, start like, man, getting a bit like, of fame. And- oh, it was probably it was probably more back in the, in the early days where it, it probably would have been easier. I think now, these days, I get so nervous when I'm out in public. You know what I mean? Of people watching me and watching what I'm doing, watching how I talk to my kids. There's no way I'd get away with cheating on my wife. Mm-hmm. Not 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 in a CBD anyway. There'll always be someone somewhere that's, oh, dude, it happened to us Hamilton Island when I was up there with your brother over Christmas. Oh, yeah. Man, we were walking out of, listen to this shit. <laughs> we're walking out of the pub on Hamo, right? We've got a few beers underneath us. And uh, one of my best mates, Arlo, his wife, uh, Beck, Super sexy, right? Real, she turns heads any, anywhere that she goes. She's always dressed to the nines. She looks perfect. 
Um, oh no, sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, Beck. It was Bree, another one of my mates. Actually, his wife is exactly the same, right? Yeah, yeah. Always dressed to the nines, blonde, gorgeous thing. We come walking out of the pub, and we were kind of. I think we were arm in arm or something like that. And Sarah was behind us, right? We come walking out of the pub. This chick I've never seen before in my life, like you know, mid forties, with her girlfriend and two of her husbands. That's not your wife, and I'm like. Huh? What? And Sarah like pops her head out from behind me and she goes, I'm right here. And lady goes, I'm so sorry. Like, because she knew us from Patriot she knows, Games. Yeah. She knows the brand, saw me. You know, in what position was she to say who yeah, who yeah, I was yeah. walking down the street with? You know what yeah. I mean? If it quacks like a duck. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so there's, there's, there's no way I'd get away with it these days anyway. Not yeah. that I've, look, honestly, not that I, I honestly do not have the temptation. I don't, I just... I don't have it in me. I ne- never have. That's you know, f- I don't want anything else. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't. There's nothing else I want. I don't. Yeah. I don't want another girl. I don't want another girl from 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 any aspect. Yeah. My wife to me is perfect. She's fuck. I'm never going to get any better than that. That's so, I'm good. It's so it's so good to have that perspective and especially to keep it through. Mm everything that i'm like the the pressures that i'm sure you guys have been under with business and then the pressures of success the pressures of success are as are just as relevant as the pressures of failure yeah yeah oh man Uh, more a problem's a problem yeah exactly a problem is a problem i was thinking about that scene out of um what was it american whatever where he's trying to stack that stack that cash behind the door in the hangar which one you know what's that american what's it called Oh. Tom Cruise, American, he's the pilot. Oh, no, no, no. It's a new, it's a newer one. I haven't watched a movie in oh, like two years. Bro, I'm telling you now, you got to watch this. <laughs> oh, he's he's flying drugs around in the plane. Tom Cruise movie came out like two years ago. It's called American. So you got to see this scene, man, where he's trying to he's trying to stash this cash behind American the, made. American made. That's it. American made. I don't know whether you'll find the scene. It's somewhere in there. Maybe just put stacking cash behind the yeah, door or yeah, something, Google dude. That. That this would be a problem, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, any any problems a problem, right? Fucking oath. Any problems a problem. Yeah. You got you got to deal with it. You know, whether it's a success or a failure. Yeah, there yeah. was a, a book um, that I read. I didn't particularly enjoy, but it was that subtle art of not giving a fuck. Like I sort of started reading it. I got like a chapter yeah, in it, and same. I'm like, you know what? This guy's a fucking moron. Yeah, I I, I I couldn't read it. I think he's just appealing to people that are way further backwards in like they're at a very different they're at a starting point of somewhere you know what i mean so i think if you've been through anything i've been told by so many people man you gotta read it you gotta read it you gotta read it i got honestly i think i've had three or four copies of that book bought for me yeah where people have handed it to me and i've read the first chapter and i'm like dude yeah this ain't for me yeah yeah i got that same thing with that book but there was the one thing that i did enjoy was the he talks about picking your problems right and i think that that is quite relevant because uh, i think that people have it misconstrued that you aim to build a life without problems and i don't think that's possible it's impossible so what you need to do is you need to build a life with problems that you've picked for yourself yeah because a problem that you've picked for yourself is a lot easier to face and overcome than a problem that was given to you at random a lot of truth in that so I, yeah. that was something I actually did take from that book, which yeah, was de- quite... Yeah, definitely a lot of truth in that. I think that, you know, from from the entrepreneur side, I suppose, you know, 
you've got to be able to you got to be multifaceted when it comes to problems i because at the end of the day look my business operates my my business always operates better when i'm not there always really? and there's only one common denominator to that and people are forced into making decisions right mm. when justin's there it's very easy to get a justin decision and say and then turn around and say well justin said mm. it's very easy to do and it's a big problem in my business to be honest with you it's a problem that i cause to be honest with you yeah because i've got my fingers in everything yeah. you know when I, I can't help it like when I'm there, it's my baby. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to know how all the wheels are turning and how everything's meshing together. But what I find is, you know, when I do those stints to the US, I'm gone for a month or we're out filming on a big trip for three or four weeks. There are no problems that need a solution from Justin. Yeah. Because they don't have access to it. Yeah. You know, when I say to people I am going, because I have to now, right? There's too many of them. If I'm on a business trip, either filming or even family time, which we haven't done a family trip in six years anyway, not filming. Not filming, yeah. So if we're filming or, or if I'm in the US, if I'm away, nobody is allowed to call me and nobody is allowed to email me but my business manager, Tanya, who runs the whole show. She is one of my best friends and she's my right hand, right? Everything has to go through there. She's been best friends with my wife since they were kids. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. And she runs the whole show. She runs the whole of Patriot Campus. But they have to go through there. But what I find is that when I hear the decisions that have been made, mate, more times than not, I almost fall off my chair. Mm. Like, how did you make that decision? And what chose you to make such a good fucking decision? Mm. Because they generally always get it right. You know what I mean? They, they stuff up like I do. Yeah. And if I fuck up, I've got to wear it. If they do, they have to wear it. I never yell at anybody for making a mistake. I, I don't think anybody in, in my team could say that. I never, ever yelled at anybody for making a mistake. You're just happy that uh, they at least made happy one. That they made, don't get me wrong. I've yeah. yelled at people, but never for making an honest mistake. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, it just, you know, that decision-making process, empowering people inside of the business um, to be able to make those decisions, man, it's it's powerful, eh? Yeah. It's really powerful for any business owner. And I get, I get that a lot from, you know, a lot of people I talk to is like, how did you, how did you grow? Because we've had 400% year-on-year growth since we started. <laughs> do you know what, do you know what that does to your head? Yeah. You, you know what that takes to keep up with to be able to have the infrastructure to mm. support that growth how about just the personal pressure on yourself like because mm. i mean so I, i'm personally taking a lot from this so this has become selfish for my own uh for yeah. my own benefit and hopefully people can take out of it as well yeah but the last few months for us have just been like bang 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 yep. and i definitely feel a pressure to not go backwards yep and sometimes it's shit's just not in your control yeah. to where you can keep up that growth yeah but i mean what's like what do you do to deal with even the personal pressure of just like striving for something like you got to resource it don't you have to resource it and that's something that i've only just figured out i'll be honest with you that's something i've just figured out why can't that person do what i do why will that person and i'm talking employees why will he not work 15 hour days why is it five o'clock and he's gone home and I'm still here doing it? Well, if if everybody in your business had the same intentions for your business that you did, I don't think they'd be working for you, man. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you. 
I think resourcing people, burning out people is something that, that I've done a fair bit. You know what I mean? I'm conscious of it now. I'll honestly say I haven't really been conscious of it in the past. So you just be like, come on, get my on board, expectations, let's go. That's right. My yeah. expectations have just been, I think they've been overwhelming for a lot of people. There is, look, at Patriot Campers though, here's the thing, and this only came to light like a week ago, and I was, I was interviewing someone to come into the management team, a new position, and I kind of, we started rattling through the names of the managers of the departments through the business every single manager of every department at patriot campers is the first person that was hired into that position when that position became available at patriot campers when we knew that we needed a a operations manager it's still the same guy that we hired when we needed an engineering manager it's still the same guy that we hired when we needed a business manager it's the same girl that we hired our supply chain manager is the same person that we first hired and it's kind of uncanny that you look around the business and or look around people that are plugged directly into me that are motivated by the culture that is the expectation that is set at Patriot Campers. I think they're all really happy and they've all been there for a long time. You know, we've got and that says a lot. Dude, and that's like, you know, that's that was that was a really proud moment when we when we had that discussion last week. And I kind of looked around the office and I'm like, fuck, maybe we are doing something right here. Maybe the cultural aspect of the business and, and the demands on those staff now moving into the future that we're, we have the, the financial visibility now. We, we're financially, um, we're sustained now. We, we know where the business is at. We've, we've ran on the line, dude, for the first five years of the business, we ran right on the fence. Eh? Yeah. It was going to go two ways. The yeah. thing was going to work. Or I was gonna burn down Babylon, <laughs> like it, it, man. Yeah. I, and I don't make I don't make any apologies for it. I put in a management team like three years ago into my business, and that management team I took my eye off the ball, and I went to the US, and I put this management team in, dude, and they almost sunk me, eh? And I'll never, ever, ever do that again, never. While Patriot Campus is under my control, it will be wholly and solely the financial responsibility of me and me only. I'll never put that burden onto anyone over again because there's 130 families that rely on me directly. Mm. And then the flow-on effect I was talking to you before about that supply chain and the reliability that that supply chain has now on me, you know, economy stimulation, we might be might be $100 million a year now. Fuck. You know what I mean? Of $100 million of cash that relies on... And pa- that's in Australia. In Australia. Of Patriot campers. That's I'm not talking about our sales or revenue. I'm talking yeah, about... Yeah. I'm talking about the pyramid effect yeah. of the people that are now relying on the income that is stimulated from Patriot campers selling a product into the market. That's a fucking burden, man. Yeah. That's that's a big burden, and that's something that, that it keeps me up at night. It, it it genuinely does. So when we you know when we have the meetings, and it's it's the same with the customers. You know when the customers have a bad experience at Patriot Campers, man, it brings tears to my eyes a lot a lot of the time. It really does because you think about and you hear the stories. Someone will buy a house, they'll buy a car, and then they will buy a product to enrich their family's lives. Like I said before, mm. and that's what Patriot Campers does. So that the pressure that we're talking about. Dude, as you become more successful and more people rely on you, you can't avoid it, man. Yeah. You can't avoid it. But what you do need to do is you need to resource it. You have to resource it. You can't have the expectation that people think like you think. They're not driven like you're driven. They won't put the hours in and we shouldn't We shouldn't expect them to do that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's times where we have to. I'll grab the engineering team and I'll be like, boys, we're burning, we're burning right through the night. We've got to be at a competition tomorrow. That's not, that's not a, um, what's the word? 
that's not an unrealistic ask or task of people that are involved in your business yeah. that will in return benefit on the success of your business. What is completely unrealistic is asking them to do that day after day yeah. over an extended period of time. You know, I, I have a saying, any, anybody who works for me knows my saying, you're either on the bus or you're not. Yeah. If you don't want to be on the bus, there's the front gate. If you don't believe in what we're doing here, if you have no faith in the, the management team and the direction that we're taking the business, get off the bus, dude. Yeah. You're on the wrong bus. It's, it's, it's just that simple. But the guys that want to be there, that want to come with us, I will make every single opportunity available to them that I possibly can. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I do. And I don't think that there's anybody current state. This is this is not Justin in the past, though. I've, I've chased an employee down the street with a hammer one night when I was in my 20s. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been there, man. I've made all of those mistakes. Yeah. But I didn't get it then. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't understand back then what really the responsibilities are as the CEO or director or manager yeah. of people. Everybody's different, man. And and everybody needs everybody needs that cultural, you know, they need that cultural feeling in their work, you know, mm. regardless of what they're doing at Patriot, whether they're up in the accounts office or they're at the back sweeping the floor. Yeah. They've got to feel the love, man. And culture is such a huge thing and it's so dependent on leadership no i don't it's 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 like well it's like i said man you're, you're the captain you know the whole team looks for your guidance mate they they look at you and you only if if you're not motivated or if they don't agree with the direction that you're taking your business in whatever that may be you know and again this is all my opinion eh? this these are my successes these are the things that have helped me along a business they might not apply to everyone mm. and that's the key you've got to you know, I think one thing that I'm really, really good at, like I'm really good at, I'm really good at taking information from multiple people around me, but only applying what I need out of that information. Yeah. I will never, ever take somebody's experience and apply it to my business. I don't think I've ever done that. You know, you can't, you know, people will go and read Richard Branson's books and then go and quote him for the next yeah. 18 months. Man, I think there's so many quotes that have come from that guy that I'm like, dude, who did, you didn't write that. Yeah. You couldn't have written that from your experiences because that's bullshit. You, you know what I mean? But you take out you take out the parts of that that are relevant to you or yeah. the other business owners around you that are successful and you take all of those little bits and pieces from those guys and somehow you kind of melt all that into a pot and you come out with a foundation that you create your own business on. Yeah. Or the, the your, your own set of goals or achievements. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you... Would you say that you were... a a natural leader or yeah. do you think that leadership I, I, is something that you've grown I wouldn't into? I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that but everybody who's known me my whole life says that yeah all of my mates say that about me my parents have always said that about me I don't think I've, I've ever felt that until Patriot Campers yeah I don't think I've ever felt like a leader until I actually built the team that I built at Patriot Campers I haven't built a team like that in any of the other businesses I've owned yeah. or any of the businesses I've started because I, I was I was too green, man. I, I, I didn't really understand what motivated people. I didn't understand why, you know, if I, like I said before, if I asked you to work 20 hours a week for five days, well, I'm paying you fucking wage. You should do that. Yeah. And I didn't understand why they why they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, man, it's, it's life skills, you know. At the age of 40 now, dude, like I'm just... I think I'm such a better person, mm. you know? That's going to be subjective to people who have had different experiences with me, but I honestly believe now at 40, I've, 
I'm finally, I'm getting it. Yeah. Like I'm starting to understand, I'm really starting to understand everything, business, relationships, parenting, finance. You know what I mean? What do I really want? What don't I really want? Man, for, for my 20s and 30s, the only thing that I wanted, the only thing I ever wanted was a Ferrari. I can go and buy a Ferrari tomorrow now, Dad. Yeah. I, I don't want one anymore. That's, those days are gone, man. It's, it, I've changed. Fuck, the feeling of not wanting a Ferrari after wanting a Ferrari is probably better than the feeling of buying a Ferrari. Well, man, that's, look, I've got... Man, I pulled up here today in my 79 Series Land Cruiser. There's a Ferrari sitting out there. And it's a shitbox Land Cruiser, Dad. Yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? That's that's what motivated me. That's what motivates me now. I'd rather tip my cash into that. Mm. You know what I mean? I've had fun building it. I've collaborated with a lot of Australian manufacturers in building that truck. And the th- that thing there, if you if you want to be a baller, I can tell you right now, Ferrari ain't going to get the looks that that thing down there gets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a different motivation now, man. You know, mm. it's 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 completely. Don't get me wrong. My finance department would tell me that I can't buy a Ferrari, but yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd do it anyway. Yeah. I know that we could make it happen. You know, but I just I just. I don't want it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not there. You know, those those days are gone. They're past. Yeah, there must be a cool position to to be in. Like, I mean, I'm sure that like with anybody that I mean does this podcast, and they're still like, you'll leave here and you'll go straight back to work, and it'll be like back on the. I've ground. got a meeting at twelve thirty, dude. I have to be back at work. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I mean. Like, so life goes on. Yeah, man. but it, it must be cool to be in a position. You know, when you can reflect on on how far you guys have come as a business and then yeah. as, as a person because I feel like the the business can't grow unless the person grows with it grows with it yeah, and there's then. and it's such like I think that you know sort of to what we said before there's like the insecurities that you deal with yeah. of like failing in front of people and then the, the bigger you are the harder you fall yep and the bigger you are the more people that probably want to see you fall yeah like there's there's a lot there's a lot more to this than just selling a bunch of campers, you know? Oh, mate, and that's, look, There's, I think there's a couple of different levels of people that look at us from a couple of different perspectives. And, you know, like I said, it, it, it can be really difficult to deal with. It can be really di- difficult to deal with because you don't know what that, you know, that person who's making that comment on you on whatever front it is, you don't, you don't know what the motivation is for the comments that they're making. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it jealousy? You know what I mean? You know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Je- fuck. Jealousy is a bad thing, man. Je- jealousy. Who said it best? Drake. Jealousy is love and hate at the same time. Yeah, true. Eh? That's what it is, man. Uh, th- that's what it is. That is exactly what it is. You know, jealousy doesn't come purely out of hate, dude. Mm. It, it really, it really doesn't. It can't. There's, there's got to be an element of love for somebody to be affected by something that you have or something that you've done and jealousy is a weird one too because you can't it's such a like a loaded term because you can't call somebody out for being jealous of you without it reflecting poorly hell no because then it's a it's a real loaded term because then you're called arrogant exactly mate arrogant dude I, i love that word the more, the more people call me arrogant, the more I know I'm passionate about what I do. Mm. I love that. I, honestly, I like that word. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's the same as anger. You know, when I come across as, as angry, it's, it's never fueled by hate. It's always fueled by passion. Mm. And the people who, who know me, who work with me, they, they get that. They understand that. I don't think I'm ever put in a position by anybody that I have to apologize for being angry. Because if they know me, they know it's purely out of passion. Mm. And it's because I'm, I, I have the ability to put myself in the shoes. 
and most of the time it's it's obviously it's patriot campers side it's business side and the anger only ever comes out when we let a customer down Mm. and that's that is the god's honest truth that is hand on heart shit nobody can challenge that the only time that anybody will see me angry is when we are affecting a customer or you're doing something completely stupid Mm. you know what i mean um but it's always it's always the customer that i always truly have in mind yeah and again man that's only happened that's only happened recently eh? Mm. because back in the day it was like yeah dude buy my stuff well make that money you know what i mean all that kind of you know all that kind of bullshit yeah which is just not the reality of of where we're at now where the company's at now and we start getting our employees thinking like that dude we will truly be unstoppable yeah you know because like that that's the thing like you can you can do both you can be the greatest brand and you can sell a fuck ton of shit and you can make yep. a bunch of money and you can also be a super good person you can you, you you can you can definitely do both you don't have to be you know you get pigeonholed and i think i think that happens you know it happens quite early on at age, quite early at age you know i was known for being angry when i was younger man i was known for it you know I was known for being the first boy to jump in when a brawl started, you know, and you kind of get, I don't know, you kind of, when, when someone creates a, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, when, when someone creates an opinion of what you are and you kind of get known for that opinion of what you are, well, yeah. I think after a while you start playing towards that, whether that's you or not. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like people create, and it's the same on, it's the same on Patriot Games now where, it, you know, it used to, it, it used to really affect me in the early days when we first started on Patriot Games where people would come up with these opinions on who Justin is. You know and what I mean? And then you start playing into the character. And then you start playing into the character. Oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the, I love to break shit. Yeah. I love to go and break shit. I'll take this half a million dollar car and I'll roll it down a hill. Yeah. Well, you watch the newer episodes of Patriot Games and I'm like, fuck that, I ain't doing that because I ain't damaging my car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, f- forget all of that. Well, the thing is, man, is that, like, who we actually are, like, who is Justin, who is Jace, like, we're just, it's a story that's yeah. just perpetuated in our heads. We yeah. are, who we are as selves is the, the story that we tell. Yep. And that's the story that is influenced by people. And it's one of the things, like, I always, like, the gypsy thing, like, mm. man, my... Where does that come from, by the way? So, one of my best, one of my best friends, I, I basically, like, when I, that camera that I told you about yeah, that yeah. I bought, yeah. so I had that camera and I had an old-ass high-ace and I just drove all around Australia and I would sleep it on the couches of these pro motocross dudes yeah. and I'd just film these videos and I had a website and I put them on my website and I was, like, trying to make, like, a media company mm. and I had no fucking money i could i was like raping people's internet and wi-fi so like i was just this little hurricane that came in and i'd like fuck people's wi-fi i'd eat all their food i'd sleep on their couch like full-blown full-blown gypsy full-blown gypsy yep but it's funny like so my best friend i started working for him and his family making Mm. videos for their their race team Mm. and his mum was like you need to be careful saying that so much because he's going to start to really believe it. Mm. And honestly, I did for a long time. Yeah. And like, I, I believed that I wasn't really going to be able to make much money. And like, even now, money's a fucking problem for yep. me, just in my head yep. of, of like, I don't make money. I'm this, I'm that. Like, there's a story. Oh, and, and it was, what? This is you responding to saying, I don't make money and I don't... Yeah, I you're believe trying to, the story. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this, dude, this, is a, this is a story that... They, yep. And people... And now... 
like i'm fucking careful of the people around me i don't want to tell a story that somebody can believe in their own head and it's not a bad like i don't think we had the fault like we're young kids you know what i mean like and it was a funny nickname and i played into it and and i love that lifestyle like uh, that just that i thought that was freedom yeah you know but it it affected it affected me and it, it, it it follows through now so we do have to be really careful of the stories that we listen to, mm. the stories that we tell ourselves. Mm. And on the flip side, you can't just fucking tell yourself that you're the best and you're the man and you can't listen to that shit either. It's like such you've a fine really line. gotta be careful. Because it is all such it, a fine line. Yeah, all we have is the story in our head. Yeah, and, and look, it's uh, man, I yeah, shit, I resonate with that. Like I really resonate with that. It's such a fine line between, you know, the the stories that you tell, the opinions that people make of you and then how you kind of process that and then ultimately what your head believes. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's so it can it can be so Oh look! I've, I'm going to tell you a story. I've never told anybody this. Hey, eh? anybody outside of, um, um, you know, my close crew, we had a. Um, I was over in SEMA in two. When was that? Was it seventeen or eighteen? Eighteen, I think it was. So I took my black truck, right? The most famous Land Cruiser in the world, right? At, well, I, I still seventy nine series anyway. So I built that here, and that was the car that launched Patriot Campers. That was the car that blew up our youtube and got people really started looking at us you know we built this dual cab black on black you know seven we built it in 2015 the thing went viral went around the world there was articles published in a lot lufthansa magazine it was in playboy in the united states and it just the thing just went mental right so i've put that thing every dollar that we had at that time to put that car on into a container and send it to the united states and take it to sema to launch patriot campers at sema right so at that time financially we weren't we weren't doing very well it was one of those gambles that you know i was advised against doing by everybody around me i'm like yeah cool thanks for the advice but this truck's going to same it because this is how america is going to find out about patriot campers so we sent it over there i arrived at sema the day before and um the one of the organizers of sema he came up to our booth and he found me and he goes, mate, the black truck, I've just seen it out the front. I'm like, yeah, he goes, how would you feel about opening Sema with the black truck? I'm like, huh? He goes, Chip Foose is going to be there, Dave from Kindy Customs, Diesel Brothers, all the big boys. There's 10 cars in the parade. We want you to be the 11th car in the parade. And dude, it was like in business, like it was like, fuck, we made it. I'm, mm. op- I'm opening Sema. I've been watching this event my whole life. You know what I mean? It is like the biggest aftermarket automotive event in the world, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Imagine what was pumping through my veins, right? So me and my wife, Sarah was obviously with me. We didn't have the kids with us uh, that year, and that's massive regret for me. But kids under the age of 16 are not allowed into SEMA. Yeah, so okay. we, didn't, we didn't have them with us. So we've jumped in the black truck, and we've gone on this parade, and we've opened SEMA, dude. There's a big crowd there. Everyone's going mental. It's televised. It's just... And I'm like dude 79 series from australia and we're here with the, the the guys that i've grown up watching the best car modifiers in the world so i was on just this ridiculous high same went for three days sunday night we flew out and one of the very very rare times our friends flew over to come and see the black truck open same one of the really rare times off the back of a, a business trip me and sarah have gone right we're going to deflate. We're going to go spend three days in carbo right so we're going to go down to carbo three days fly home to australia so we arrive in Carbo on the Sunday night, Monday morning. So Australian time would have been 10 o'clock at night. 
the factory received notice from the uh, AGA, the Australian Gas Commission, and the ACCC of a full recall on every Patriot camper ever built, right? And the owners' forums blew up. And it was there was not a mention of Patriot campers. It was all about Justin Monisalvo and how much money is this guy making and me being in SEMA and we fucked all of their lives because all their camper... Tra- and I'm talking over a, a $2 gas fitting on the back of the trailer, right? That's all we had to do. We had to change the gas fitting. That was the recall. So let's put this into perspective, what was going on. It's not like suspension was falling out or chassis yeah, were cracking yeah. or trailers were rolling over. We fucked up. There was a regulation that we couldn't put a quick connect fitting in the back of the trailer. We'd been through every other single compliance that you can imagine, including full registration with Caravanning Australia. Nobody had ever picked up on it. And we'd been building the trailers like that for three years. So it wasn't a big deal, but we got back. I was out fishing uh, that day in Carbo and I, I came back from fishing and Sarah, because I'm not on the owners' forums, I, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, deal yeah, with it. Yeah. Right, I can't handle it. That makes sense. So I'm just, I'm not on there, right? And my wife, um, she's like, I've got to show you something, right? She waited till the end of the day, till the day was over. She knows how emotional I get about the the product and that. So I sat out the back, and I remember it was like, dude, it was like a wave came over me. Eh? It was like, it was like, I, I don't know what you'd compare it to. I'm reading through comment after comment after comment from people I knew customers that i'd personally sold trailers to that i had a relationship with and i was just getting hosed dude like hosed because of all of that social media that come off the back of us being in sema so i went to bed that night about one o'clock in the morning dude i woke up like one o'clock in the morning i couldn't my whole body was i couldn't move right i was numb and i was trying to yell out to sarah and like my mouth wouldn't even work right and i'm like grunting and shit in bed She's lying beside me and she eventually wakes up and she's like, what, what's going on? I couldn't, like, paralyzed, dude. Like, full-blown paralytic, right? Couldn't move, couldn't open my mouth. Drool starts coming out the side of my mouth. She calls the front desk of the hospital. Ambulance turns up. I'm in Mexico, wow. in the back of an ambulance, dude. Fully paralyzed. Didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, they end up taking me into hospital and all they could put it down to was stress. That's what they said to me. I, I don't believe in stress, Right. Like, I, I honestly don't, like, for me personally, anyway. I think I can I can handle a lot more than um, than probably that I should. But anyway, the point is, so that, that shit put me in hospital, right? And that was a really, really scary time. It took me about, we had to we had to stay, I had to stay in hospital overnight and it took me about two days before I could start walking again, yeah? Wow. Still, mate, got every test, came home to Australia, went to the doctors in Australia, whole deal. No one can tell me what the hell happened, right? It was just like this, this full-blown... It was the worst thing I've ever been through in my life, right? This public ridicule based off the back of the success of the business that we'd built. And it was from then on in, um, a lot of things changed at Patriot Campers. I can't, I, I, I don't go onto any of the forums. I, we immediately started removing me from social media because Patriot Games I can control as a brand. What I can't control is the three or 4,000 camper trailer owners that are now around the world. Mm. You know what I mean? I can't be the face of that brand anymore. I mean, commercially, for the long term, whatever we plan to do with Patriot Campers, it's a liability, me being the face of that brand. But that was second rate to the emotional attachment that I have and will always have to Patriot Campers. So that, I mean, that story right there, dude, if that doesn't prove 
you know, if that doesn't really prove the emotional connection that any business owner is going to have to their business, their product, their service, whatever they sell. And I think what people should really consider before they go and mouth off on social media, when there's a family business, you know, that has been so... Uh, so much at the forefront at the building of the brand and same with you and your audiences people have got to consider that there is a personality behind that mm. you know what I mean there is a family behind that there's you know the, your kids and your brothers and your cousin you know they all read that shit they, and they that man they still every now and again somebody who doesn't know like a, a friend of mine will flick me through a post from the owners forum that's aimed at me and I'll always reply, dude, don't send me that again. Yeah. I, I don't it's it's not that and it doesn't get back to the fact that we don't I don't we don't value our customers' opinion or we don't want constructive criticism. What I can't handle is the personal attacks. Yeah. You know? We we get it wrong sometimes, man. Yeah. We get it right. Every business does. It's not intentional. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's um yeah, it, it is it's a very fine line, it's a very difficult thing to uh, to deal with when you're growing a business, but if you're gonna put yourself out there you got to deal with the consequences as well. Yeah. Man, that sounds like you had just pretty much like a full-blown anxiety attack. Oh, dude, I don't, I don't know what it was. It's never happened again. Like it was three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, dude, it was kind of like, all right, this, this, this shit's for real, eh? Like, yeah. Like what we're doing out there in the public, you know, the, the, the dream that we're selling everybody. I was going to say, I think that's probably where it comes down to. Uh, 100%. Is that, that yeah. what what you guys provide like it obviously gives people so much yeah and there's so, like to i guess it's like a blessing and a curse man to like build something that can mm. get that kind of response from people yeah that's hard to do well it's not and look it's there's a there's a there's a sense of pride in that as well now you know all these years later there is a sense of pride in that as well because it's not what we do is not it's not a commodity item dude mm. we do we sell commodity items we sell trays people are going to get pissed off about a late delivery on a tray they're going to get pissed off that their wife and kids couldn't have a hot water shower or that or they had to sleep in the freezing cold or the soaking wet because the product failed mm. you know and that's that's a diff, that's a really difficult part of of our industry because it's like there is so much passion involved mm. and the, and the customers are so passionate and look not all of it, and even going back to that story, you know, not all of it is intentionally malicious. Yeah, well, it wasn't intentionally malicious. You know what I mean? But it was, it was, it was just because of off the back of all, and that was all. You know, Patriot Games was actually was Patriot Games. No, Patriot Games didn't have a social media presence then. So the whole Seema experience was through Patriot Campers. Yeah, and then it was. So there's no detachment. There was no detachment. There was none whatsoever. You know what I mean? So we were posting, you know, all, oh my God, we're at Seema, the black trucks here. And the first thing that comes to everybody's mind, oh, how, much, how much fucking money did it cost him to send his car over there? Yeah. Well, dude, it cost me almost everything that you I had. Everything. And it nearly sent me broke because I was trying to launch my brand in the United yeah. States. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is, look, people don't get the, the whole picture and you got to consider that as well. But the malicious, the malicious attacks, I mean... Look, where favorite part of my day still is deleting people from my social media. <laughs> I, I, mate, I swear to God, that's one of the best parts of my day. If anybody says anything about my kids or if they're... And I'm not talking Patriot Campers because I don't get involved there. Yeah. I'm talking Patriot Games. I have a team that handle all of Patriot Campers uh, marketing now because it is product-based, not, not Monte Salvo family-based. Yeah. But Patriot Games, do you want to get on there and, and rag on me on my kids? Don't watch what Poops. I do. Yeah. See you later. Get yeah. out. If you got some constructive opinion, 
on, you know, oh, you guys should have taken that line or you could have done this or why don't you use that product yeah. yet? I'll respond. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yep, yep. Sounds good. We'll consider that. Or, nah, we're, we're not doing that because this is better. But if you want to, if you want to make a, uh, like a personal attack on me, well, unfollow me. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And that, unsubscribe. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing that people don't get in like this world of content. I ain't on channel seven. Yeah. You got to go to my YouTube channel. You got to find go it. You got to like it for it to come up on your yes. feed. Yes. So if you don't like what you see. Just don't fucking watch it. Just don't watch it, dude. I ain't going to give a fuck. No. Well, you do give a fuck. But I'm, I don't care because every, yeah. not everybody can like yeah not everyone can like no, me you know what I mean so that's like, an impossibility exactly so with that in mind if someone yeah. doesn't want to watch I don't care yeah. I'm not I don't want to be yeah. for everyone because not everyone is for everyone nah, it's like you, an unrealistic expectation you got to have a target audience you know it's like the you know is the 80 year old woman that's into gardening you know gonna jump onto my channel and start ragging on what we do yeah so if old mate drives a whatever he drives and doesn't like Land Cruisers, why come onto my page and comment yeah. about my cars? Well, what, yeah. what, what for? Yeah. Well, I don't understand. Have you got nothing better to do? Yeah. You know, or or majority of the time, they just, they want that reaction. Yeah. They're, they're looking for some sort of validation in, in their life and some sort of reaction, you know, that's, and yeah, I, I think it's sad. When did you realize the power of YouTube? Because I, I don't think right, that... Right, mate, I, was, I reckon I was the first one to do it in our industry. Yeah, I just still don't think like, man, me and like Ronan and I, we put in so much effort into YouTube. Like it, it takes most of literally most of the time yeah, of dude. what goes on in this room is yep. focused on youtube yep. because i know like i think in 2020 there was like 28 million impressions or something on the youtube channel yep and it's like you can't get that anywhere else no like, and i don't think people people don't give youtube the respect and people don't i don't think people are aware of what really investing in youtube Not long here. term in not, America, they do. Not America, they do. But I, my opinion is, dude, we're on the cusp of the of the Happening of the here. revolution. Yeah, it's about to happen right here in Australia, right now. Hence the reason we went from Channel Nine to YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is so powerful, dude. Yeah, it's insane. It is. It is so powerful. It's just our views when we went to YouTube tripled what they did on the Nine Network. Yeah, and on the Nine Network, you are you have one crack at it. You have Sunday from one o'clock till two o'clock, and then no one ever says you shit ever again. And they're just passive consumers. Yeah. They're they're yeah. not active nah. participants. Nah, the yeah. active participants, again, like you said before, they have to search for your channel and guess what? It's perpetual, dude. Yeah. It will keep on keeping on. Yeah. For as long as that video is up there, it will continue to grow and it will bring more people into your brand. Mm. You know what I mean? YouTube is like, there's YouTube, Netflix, you know, any of those those digital repetition platforms, broadcast TV, dude. Who the hell? Who the hell is gonna book in a time slot in this day and age mm. with all of the information and content that we have available to us now? Who says you know what? On this day between this time and that time, I'm gonna make sure I'm on. I'm on the yeah, TV to watch happen, this. Eh? Whatever, Dad. Yeah. Who does that? You know what I mean? The numbers that the networks present to you, man. That the way that they they swindle the bullshit of yeah. numbers because the thing has replayed outside of metro areas sixteen times at one o'clock in the morning, dude, and the miners or completely the irrelevant demographic of what you're chasing, man, they are they are slick, you know, they are real slick. They used to do it to us, and then we'd we'd pass that on to our sponsors in the early days and say, oh, these are the numbers that we're getting. Uh, yeah. You know what? For our sponsors now, you want to see how our channel's doing? Go on to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Have a look at the views, dude. It's on the left underneath the video. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
There's no hiding on YouTube. And people's perspective of you changes once those numbers start climbing. Oh, uh, man, a hundred percent. You know, like now, we've just had that over the last like few months. Yeah, dude, I had a look at your channel. Eh? You're getting some. You're getting some clicks, man. Yeah, you're starting some, to. You're getting some views. How long's that channel been up for? Two years, but yep. so like still infant, man. Yeah, and and really, it's only been like. A, a few months of like real concentrated like I pretty much like Ronan has come on board so like my biggest goal was just to grind to get it to the point where yeah. I could have another person and have enough to do and to like I because the, the thing in business I think that people don't understand as well and it's the thing that I'm probably learning is at the start you don't really know what to work on mm. like you know where you want to be yep. at, but your business is only as good as the processes, like what you do every single day. Like you need that historical data. Yeah, you need the historical data to make that in those those informed decisions on what's working and what's exactly. not. Exactly, in, in whatever aspect. Yeah, you know, as far as profitability on a product or marketing uh, campaigns, where, where you're going to be launching them into market sectors, uh, response on product, all of that stuff only comes from in the initial stages. It only comes from your gut feel, mm. yeah, your interpretation of the market that you're trying to attack. But after time, the only way that you know for sure is historical data. Yeah, that's the only way that you can, and that's the only way that you can manage uh, an established business into the future. Yeah, yeah. To know where you're going, you have to know where you've been, right? Yeah. And that's that's where business is all about. But from the entrepreneurial side. It's 100% gut feel, dude. Yeah. It's gut feel and obviously it's, it's work for you. Yeah, well, I think... Um, and, and I think too, like, I, I talk about all the time, like, it's just... Uh, maybe it's different because of this... Like, I have to put myself out there so much and I mm. have to tell uncomfortable stories and I have to be pretty honest about my own insecurities and shortcomings yeah. and, and that's fucking annoying you know yeah. what I mean Like, and then you listen back and you're like, fuck, I sound like a dickhead there. And, yeah. You know, there's a lot of that that you've got to that you've got to get over but i think that once like i really accepted that it just is what it is yep and then from there like i you have this gut feeling of what you want it to be long term yep but where what it can be long term there's other things that you've got to do in the short term to get there yep and i think that there's time like you've got to lean into certain things that maybe doesn't fully align with where you want to be yep. in the future but it's like there's it's not just this straight path yeah forward. but it's all and that's all to, part i think what you're saying there is it's all part of the discovery phase too yeah. as well you know what i mean you you have to you know you have to try those different those different routes you can't man i said it at the start of here you can't just you can't just set the sails north and go north eh? yeah in any business yeah you can't do that you have to tack man you got to, I'm not a sailor. I don't know where that analogy come from, but you have to. Yeah. You have to have the ability. And I, I think in the early days, until you've got um, that historical data or you've got a culture in your business set on a, a path of direction, you've got to be able to formulate the agility for your business to do that. Mm. Right? So even, for example, I mean, for you, for example, it, it might, that might be the the demo of people that you interview yeah you know what i mean the best thing i've ever done through patriot games is i will man call this vein or whatever you want i'll watch an episode of patriot games at launch i mean i'm the executive producer so i do it all the way through i'll do six or seven reviews before we make it to air but after we go to air and we have a polished episode i'll sit there and watch that episode three or four times mm. and i'll watch over and over again and i'll watch it for myself because i'll watch it based on my character and how my characters present it you know, the way I speak, the dialogue that I use, the vi the vocabulary, 
Hardest thing for me to do on Patriot Games is not swear. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. Oh, I just, bro, I just like, let it, it fly. is. It is, man. Whoa, it's it's hard on games, yeah. and especially in certain situations. But I'll review those episodes, and I'll look at the content. I'll look at the vehicles. I'll look at the shots. You know what I mean. I'll look at my character. I'll look. Re- I always really work, look at what works for my wife and kids. Mm. I know what angle my wife looks good at. I know what situation I get the right reaction out of her out of, and exactly the same with the kids. And that's no different. So that's an aspect of business that doesn't relate to the manufacturing. You know, that's content creation. Yeah. You know what I mean. But being obsessed with that meta. Like you're diving super deep into the meta. And so that's kind of my point before about not really knowing what to work on. Yeah. Uh, After a while, I know now, and I tell my my housemate is a legend. He's one of my best mates and he's starting his own brand. And I just said to him, I was like, man, my advice to you is to just stare at your computer, Mm. have open all the tabs. Like Mm. for me, my tabs and my... uh, my podcast hosting we got two youtube channels i got my zero i got my instagram Mm. they're my tabs that run my business yep and whenever i don't know what to do yep before i would just go i just leave work and i'd be like fuck i don't know what to do yeah all right i'll come back with fresh eyes tomorrow yeah and then after a while like uh, what you said historical data that actually that's a great way to Mm. explain it Mm. i do have more data to look at now now like i just dive into the meta yeah. I dive into the meta of, of everything that we do, every angle, the lighting, yep. because, and I think that this that's is... How, that's the only way you improve. You that, have to be That's obsessed. where I was heading with that, yeah. that obsession. Yeah. It's obsession with, with, your, with your craft. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's your craft, right? Your business is your craft. Mm. And it can be your craft on so many different levels, dude. Whether that's the product you produce, the way you market it, the culture that's inside of your business. That is, as a business owner... You have to know your craft. You've got to know your skills. I think just as importantly, you have to know what you're not fucking good at too. Yeah. You have to have the ability to say, you know what? I'm no good at that. I can't do that role. Let's find someone who can. Yeah. You know what I mean? And get someone, you know, you hear that saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. That That's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know what I mean? You have to be the smartest people person in the room because this is your kingdom, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it relates to business, you have to have you have to have that 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 concept of what everybody around you is doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to have the ability to talk their talk, get on their level, make the decisions with them, whether they're yours or they're collaborative amongst the team. It doesn't really matter. Mm. It, you know what I mean? And that's man, it's it's like yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of there's a lot of things that I think people are kind of stuffed down their throat when it comes to business that, and it gets back to the. Well, the, that's because it's a it's a cottage industry. Oh, it's bullshit. You like know? the the Gary V's of the world and the, the it's a cottage nah. industry. Yeah, yeah, all all that sort of stuff, man. Yeah. I don't look. I'll 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 watch it. I'll listen to it. I'll take out the information that I need. You know, I, I'm not. Don't get me wrong, dude. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm like this. Yeah. This prodigy of business. This is, you know, you, you want my experience. This is my experience. Yeah, yeah. And again, for anybody who's listening, take what you want out of this. There'll be some truths in what I'm saying. You know, when it comes to the opinion that you're going to make, and there's going to be some things you're looking at. Oh, dude, that's not my style, or that doesn't really work for me, or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? But you, ha- you've got to be, you've got to be open to all of the information that you can get. You gotta know your craft, dude. Mm. You have to know it inside out, back to front, because no nobody else nobody else will do that. 
Well, man, I could tell instantly when literally when we very first started this and you said like, oh, the, the setting up a FS7. I was like, yeah, he really is invested in this. Yeah, dude, like, like, I, I, can... I bet you could tell me the the different parts of each one of the trailers and also the lenses that you shoot your YouTube shit with. Yeah, well, look, it's, you know, we have these jokes with the guys with the camera crew all the time about, you know, their ISOs and what F-stop they're on and all that sort of shit. Well, I don't even know how to button the thing on. You know what I mean? I know the camera, I know what it's worth, I know the parts, I know the spares we need to take. If we're packing for a trip, dude, I could probably go and pack the camera equipment. I probably could. Yeah. I've crashed more drones than probably anybody you know because <laughs> I'm genuinely interested. Yeah, You know, I'm interested. I want to understand. I want to stand. That is my craft. Whether yeah. I'm the guy that's physically on the camera, you know, getting that thing in focus, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But I've got to understand the people that are around me and what they're going through and the struggles that they're going to have in those situations as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that goes for any aspect of any business. Yeah. It's the same thing. Well, I think that the thing that I'm learning or I've learned lately is that I think that this business, because this is a business, it's a sick job. This is my job. I oh, come here every single dude. day. It's a, it's an awesome job. I'm, I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking I'd, I could do this. Eh? I reckon you could as well. Bro, I reckon, I reckon I could do this. Let's, Aircon on, let's fridge, get, fridge full of Red Bull. Let's Let, get you going, bro. Let's, let's just rock it. Just, there's another mic there, dude. Let's get someone in and we'll team up on this shit. Pa- and Patriot, Patriot Games podcast. I the, feel like that could be a thing. Patriot, Patriot Gypsy tales let's maybe go, let's go we'll do it, we'll do it, do it on the boat but, uh, yeah we'll do it on the boat back to hammock dude let's but, go uh, but yeah it's one of the one of those things where i think that i've got i've found that things have gotten better mm. when i stopped thinking about uh maybe like where it's gonna go in the future and thinking more like broad strokes yep. and just thinking about like okay this is like what do i love like what makes this thing tick like what makes it better down to like obsessing over thumbnails and yeah. like you know just the the getting into the meta yep. of whatever that it is that your business is and there's there is meta in everything that you everything. know there's there's the meta yep. of the trailers there's the meta of the accounting there's yep. the, every like if you can dive head first into the the details and the minutia yep. of the business that you're trying to build or but it can be anything like whether you're a you know like i do jujitsu and there's like crazy detail meta in that and it's like that's where the juice is like go in there and if you can really if you can get all of those boxes ticked and get everything working get yep. processes in place for everything that you can identify that needs a process yeah everything everything else should come if it's viable and if it's if you do all of that and it still ain't working then you just might not be in like a viable deal maybe not cut for it dude it's a you know what kind of what kind of came to mind there when you were saying that you know it's no business is no different to a sport eh? mm. it is a sport it is it is genuinely a sport either it's a game of tennis where it's one-on-one or it's a game of football where it's a team mm. it, it doesn't matter that i think there is there is so many synergies between sport and business um that it's ridiculous you know you talk about jiu-jitsu and what kind of just brought that to mind i've got a couple of mates of mine that are like ufc nuts right yeah, yeah. jiu-jitsu ex- yeah i heard them they i think you know one of them couple of the boys were up there with me um we'll talk about it who they are yeah, later yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to drop names but yeah. um we were up at hamo dude and we were on the back of the boat went out fishing for the day i swear these two guys on the back of the boat this whole day. fucking day yeah. just talked about jujitsu moves yeah just jujitsu moves that's all they were talking about a little bit of players in the ufc but just different arm bars and different moves and it was like eight hours worth of moves right yeah 
that's no different to what we're talking about here, is it? It's the same. Can you imagine if they if those two guys had that application that they had on jujitsu and put it into the resource of a business? Yeah, dude. Well, you know what I mean. That's the mate. That's that's the sport of business. Yeah, you got to become an absolute expert on you know back to knowing your craft. You have to become an expert on everything that relates to your business, and then you can make the right decisions. So that doesn't mean that you have to do everything, and that's a really hard thing to do as well, right? Eh? Mm. That is a really really tough thing to do is to sit there and watch somebody do something that you know you can do it better, quicker, more efficiently, more cost effective. And having the ability to not jump in there and do it. Mm. That is, dude, that is tough. That yeah. is really, really tough. Yeah. That's taken me, man, I did it yesterday. And I didn't even know that I did. I was walking down the production line yesterday. There's 30 odd people on the production line. I seen an awning sitting on the floor. And one of the boys was waiting for another one of the guys to lift the awning up. And I'm walking past and just naturally, I just bent over, picked the awning. Come in, let's chuck it on. The, the operator, he looked at me like, the fuck? Justin doing on the production line like I walk up and down there every day none of them have ever seen me touch a tool ever they've never seen it I swear those guys think that I don't know how to uh, yeah, how yeah. to operate a, a, a socket or I don't, I don't know what a shifter is or I can't weld you know what I mean I'm sure that's what they all think because they haven't seen it for that long because I've been so focused and religious on not trying to get involved and do everything because it is it's an impossibility mm. you know what I mean but I think every now and again too for them to really understand where this all come from. And I'm sure it would have gone through the factory yesterday because I was saying like when I was doing it, I was saying like 10 different people in the factory looking at me like, Just like, what the fuck? What is going on? Justin is working on a camper trail on the production line. Hey, quick, come over here. Yeah, come yeah. Look at Justin. Like, fuck, man. But it was, you know, it's it's having that ability to, to let your team do what they do. Mm. You know, I get involved with all my teams, I work with them on the decisions, but at the end of the day, man, it's all about ownership for those people and those teams. Yeah. They, if they own it, they feel like they're a part of it, they're responsible for it, and that's when I get the best out of them. Yeah. No, it makes total, total sense. Yeah. And so that that business sport analogy, like are you treating yourself like an athlete in 100%. terms of like your mental well-being your physical well-being 100%. your sleep like yep. and when did that sort of click in man, and that, like what's your efforts that you put into yourself it started there? with patriot campers man so i was like you know oh dude i've, I've struggled with weight my whole life same sub story like whatever I, I did it didn't affect me i didn't care i had the girl that i wanted you know what i mean i had the lifestyle i wanted i had the mates that i wanted i had the cars that i wanted i didn't care i was 120 kilos i was fat dude like i was good and solid up and down all the way through you know, probably... Uh, what was the problem that you had with weight? Just food. Just flat. And was it a comfort thing? No, no, no. Or just like a... Still just the, indulgence? It's still the same problem I have now. It's indulgence. You know what I mean? But when I kind of... When I started... It wasn't... I didn't step foot in a gym until I was 34 years old. The year before I started Patriot Campus. Because you're a fucking fit dude. Not right now, I'm not. Well, you look pretty fit. I just had open back surgery in September. Oh, I? really? I had to learn to walk again. Fuck. Yeah, I put on like... Uh, what do I put on? What, 12, 14 kilos? Yeah. So I had... Fuck. Jesus, you're getting it all out of me today. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows that. No one. What, that you had surgery? Yeah. Or? So I had I'd, I'd, uh, my L3, L4 disc replacing... Oh, no, it was a bit early in that. What was it? August last year. Yeah. So, yeah, they cut my spine open. Uh, they took cut my disc out with a chisel and a hot knife through the front too. Ooh. So they took all of my organs out, put it like on my stomach, 
chiseled my spine out, put a new one in. I wasn't meant to walk for two days. I walked out of the hospital the day after and went to work. Wow. I was in work the day after the surgery, um, which, man, I can't, I can't sit. There's no way I was going to be sitting in the, in the hospital bed. But anyway, the point was, so I put on like, um, what did I put on, like 12 kilos? And now I can't, at the moment still, because I'm still in recovery, I've got a scar from my belly button all the way down. That's you know? bad, that cut, eh? Oh, dude, yeah. it is brutal. My kids call it the front bum. Yeah. Because it's like where they cut you from your from your belly button all, all the way down to the tip. Yeah. Yeah? It's like, and it's like, dude, it's like six or eight mil wide. Yeah. It looks like a six mil weld all the way down my yeah. stomach. And all the skin's kind of all hanging around it and that. But yeah, I can't do any, I can't box anymore. I can't run. I will be. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Not within another six months, I'll start doing that. But... Anyway, getting back to the point. So, you know, when I started Patriot and I was I was so I was so physically unfit at the at the um at the speed I was running at and I, it took me until like 35 to really realize it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I was like, man, I work kind of 12 14 hours a day. I was eating like my whole life I've only probably eaten two meals a day. I'll eat just after lunch and then when I get home, I'll eat until I literally fall asleep. Yeah. That was just kind of, that's just the that way just I normal, was. Yeah. And then I started at pa- uh, with Patriot. It was my cousin. The first person I ever hired at Patriot was my cousin, right? And he came out just to help me out with sales. And he's a fa- he was a fair bit younger than me at that time. He was about 23 or 24 and he was just jacked, dude, like a bodybuilder, jacked. But he's like six foot, I don't know, six foot one, six foot two, big boy, ripped, big six pack, all the rest of it. And he kind of, we started... Uh, traveling together to and from uh, work because it was up in up in Brisbane, and he was kind of just on me. Come to gym, come to gym, come to gym. Meet me at gym. We'll train there. We'll have a shower and then we'll go to work together. And that's where it all kind of started. I started training for a couple of months and then I, it was like my body was just like, just yearning for it. Yeah, because it was like the weight just started falling off me, dude. My arms just started going like this, and shirt started getting like tighter. And I'm like, dude, this this is kind of cool. Yeah. And then like, man, it wouldn't have even been twelve months later, man. I'd drop like. 25 kilo you know what i mean i was ripped i was fit i was like man i was boxing 12 rounds a day you know i'd go to the gym i'd train weights in the morning and then i'd go and train with my trainer in the afternoon i'll go i'll go down there every afternoon and do 12 rounds like just throw down 12 rounds yeah all right cool see you, i'll see you tomorrow that's so sick. like just man just macking and this, these were in the early days of patriot games so now it's it's a real it's a really big part of my day yeah and i think it's a really big part of what's changed me as well because that hour in the morning and my son christian he's with me every day now straight out here's me at 4 30 in the morning straight out he's in the gym with me now that's sick he's getting strong too arm curled the same as what i did this actually this morning but if you get that it's the only time in my life where i've got i'll get an hour to myself or two hours depending on you know what what i'm doing on that day I get that time to myself. I can kind of... It's the only time that I can... And I don't know what it is, whether it's endorphins or some shit. I don't know. But I can switch off from everything around me when I'm at the gym. Yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe you're out of breath or you're so focused or whatever. It's the only time in my life where I can literally turn everything off. Yeah. For that couple of hours, half an hour, whatever I train for, for whatever that session... When my brain kicks into gear, that's when I leave the gym. Yeah. And my PT, Dan, he he's yesterday. He was like, dude, pack up and go home. Yeah. Dude, you're already at work. Yeah. He can see when my mind clicks over and might be something particular happening on that day or a big meeting or something I'm anxious about. Yeah. And I just physically can't train that day. Yeah. But I think it, it's it's really suppressed a lot of anger as well. You know what I mean? Because of, you know, it's it's that 
that exhaustion of energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that energy is just pumping up and I roll into work. When I get into work, dude, watch out. Justin, you know when Justin's there, eh? That's, mate, I, come, I go through that joint like the Tasmanian devil in the morning, eh? Like a whirlwind just spinning through the factory. Mate, this morning someone gave me a like, you know those old horns off the old like, T-Model 4s? Like, yeah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. Someone gave me one of them on Wednesday. Big mistake. Big mistake, dude. <laughs> Quarter past seven this morning, walked into the sales office and went, on the hood, everyone fired up, let's go. You know what I mean? And that's it's part of the culture at Patriot Campus. That's so good that you've identified that you need to I need do to train. certain things. I, like I need, yeah. n- not want, need to train. That's I, how I, I have to train every day. Yeah, I have to do it, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is the exact same for me because... So you, you I, do the jiu-jitsu thing? Oh, yeah, every day. Popular now, huh? Yeah, yeah. every day. All of, all of my little cousins do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's For me, it's, uh, yeah, it's a non-negotiable. Like, yeah. I, it sucks, like sometimes just the timetable because it's classes yeah like i just can't like mornings or not uh, i'll do both i'll do whatever i can right so you're right into it yeah how long have you been doing that for oh three years jesus yeah i've done like national titles state titles so if it gets nasty up in here dude we're on yeah (laughs) (laughs) wrap me up like a pretzel but for me man like and what it is and and last year so i i still ride motocross a a lot too like as much as i can yeah i picked up um but the um the jujitsu stuff like that's the place where the the me like i was saying before like the story of who i am and like the story i tell myself or hear about that's gone in jiu-jitsu like i'm not me anymore and i'm not even so you get the same thing yeah a hundred percent yep and so that it's it's odd huh so the term for that is called absorbed flow so when you're so absorbed in a task that you're doing that because the the con I mean, fuck! I could literally talk to you for hours just about this in yeah, itself. Okay. But well, see, I've never, I've never delved into it. No one's ever asked me about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's I'm, a, it's this a, is interesting. Well, it's a, it's a big change in my life. Like right. the, the, the self, like the story, the anxiety. Like whenever you're thinking about something that happened in the past, something that happened in the future, then you're in this kind of you're selfing. Like yeah. it's like this process in your brain, right? Yeah. But that process isn't required for you to move your hand and do shit and fucking lift weights and yep. box like that's that's more this like prediction thing that's going on inside your brain and it's predicting these motions it's predicting these movements and and like you as justin like you're actually the last person to know about those things yeah. so that when you're when you're in the gym and you're boxing that just that process of like the past and the future and the this and the that it just takes a back seat mm. so and that's what you hear athletes talk about like flow state yeah. so that's what you're getting into so like every morning you're tapping into that space where the self the story that you tell yourself that goes away yep and you can just be absorbed completely well, that's exactly in what, what you're doing that's exactly man and i've, I've never we should, we should probably have a catch up maybe after this yeah yeah because I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty keen to hear a bit more about it because it's like um it is something that i need to do now you know what i mean and I, i'm so much i mean my head since i started training dude is just so much clearer yeah it, 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 there's no two ways about it yeah. you know what i mean and i just i need it's something i have to do it's that it's it's a, it's like sleep yeah it's training to me is like sleep yeah it is it is exactly the same uh, state of emotions when I'm tired 
I need to go to sleep. When I need to train, I need to train. Yeah. Whilst you're sleeping, you shut down. While I'm training, I shut down. Yeah. The feeling when you wake up after sleep that you're ready to go, I get that 20-fold yeah. after training, yeah. which obviously people do for obvious reasons. But, I mean, yeah, that whole training thing. But, man, real quickly, I've been meaning to ask you something. I'm going to change the subject yeah. for a sec. What I did see one of your YouTube's um, interviews with um, Ricky Carmichael and Chad Reed, eh? Yeah. How, do you know those boys? Yeah. So how, how does how'd that all come about? So from filming. I've filmed with those guys for forever. I was in Anaheim the last time Ricky, Chad, and Bubba raced. I was there. I was really? in the stadium. Dude. At Anaheim 1. Yeah. No I shit. I was there. So you know that whole crew. Yeah, yeah. So when I lived in America, I filmed for Red Bull pretty much. Right. So like I had my own production company, yeah. but we worked pretty much exclusively for Red Bull. Yeah. So like I've been, man, like James, me and James uh, at one point, like I don't really talk to him anymore. He kind of yeah. like really fell off the radar, which, which sucks. Yeah. But at one point, dude, like James would fly me out to his house. Like anytime anyone, yeah. like any of his sponsors requested that he get some footage you were out there I just jumped on a plane well I didn't know that until I've done a little obviously I've done my research done before I come research. down here done a little bit of research just to find out what the, what this was all about and, and like so Carmichael yeah. his mate he's the fucking dude yeah like he's the lord of all lords dude. well he like, seems like him in that interview and I, look I didn't watch the whole thing I watched maybe 10 minutes of it or something like yeah. that yeah he seemed no, like a lad he's a G I went to the first time it's funny this is like a funny business story I don't know that I've ever told this on uh. the podcast but this was like I've, you'd probably resonate with it so we get hit up by Suzuki yep. to do the this official launch video for the new RMZ450 at Ricky Carmichael's yep. house. Yeah. So it's at the goat farm. I'd never been there. Yeah. Anyway, that we'd been fucking around with drones before DJI was a thing. Yeah. So we had Reds and we had this fucking ridiculous Cinestar Octo octocopter, octocopter that we yeah, built yeah, yeah, and like me and my business partner yep. we just slept anyway the thing was fucked we couldn't get it to work it took off smashing the house so anyway we took this job with Suzuki knowing full well that we fucking weren't going to be able to do this drone yeah. so we'd already organised a helicopter like yeah. a real helicopter yeah, yeah. so anyway we, fl we fly in we're like fuck the the drone's not working and like we had a hope that we were going to get it to work but we were yeah. pretty convinced we're like we're having a fucking plan B yep. so yeah anyway we just full fake it till you make it we called up the heli pilot the fucking helicopter pilot flies in and, and we ended up pulling off their shoot but like man me and my business partner at the time, we were just like, fuck, are we idiots? No. Nah, or like, nah, we, dude, and, it, and it motivated. was, and it was awesome. Like the shoot went yep. great. And there's, there's actually this sick photo. I, I don't know. I feel like I could get it, but there's like a photo of like Ricky Carmichael, like mm. standing on one of his jumps with his arms out. And like, you can see me in this big heli and we're like, like yeah. standing right there. So that would have been a, fucking good time it dude. was crazy I was that would have like, been because that, that was in the you know that's when supercross was king and you know that you know between those three man like even because that was i went over there what was i doing there my brother was working for super and i went over there for oh, a surprise yeah, visit yeah. with him for his birthday and he's the his uh boss at the time massive supercross fan yeah, or huge right. supercross fan and I kind of just lined up, you know, we're watching all that shit from back here in Australia. And this is before Instagram and yeah, Facebook yeah. and all that sort yeah, of stuff. You couldn't really watch it. Man, you had to stay up till two in the morning to watch the Supercross, you know what I yeah. mean? And you had to have Foxtel and all that sort of stuff. And it was like big events and my mates, because we were all riding back in those days and that. Yeah. Not Supercross level stuff, you know, we're just trail riding and whatever. And I got over there and, um, yeah, I surprised my brother. And then the next night they surprised me. 
and took me out. They just told us we were going out for dinner and we arrived at Anaheim Stadium and I, I didn't know what was going on and then you start seeing all the jerseys as we're parking and oh, going in. Oh, sick. And then we go, I didn't know who was riding, who was racing, then to see all those three. To, to see them race together. Those three together on the track, man, like it would have been like watching a Michael Jordan game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I saw that. I was there, you know? And Anaheim, well, you'd know. Fuck I was going to say, like, that's that one of the That is a coolest, spectacle, dude. Yeah. That is a, that's a proper show. Have you been to, have you been to Marvel, the event? Did you go to Marvel Stadium for the Supercross? No. So when that, when that <laughs> gets going again, like, obviously with the COVID, they didn't yeah. run it last year. They, I don't know. Hopefully they get to run it this year. Yep. It's fucking on par. Where's that? Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. Melbourne. So the Aussie boys. Um, yeah, okay. No, no, I've never been to an Australian Supercross. Yeah, so. My well, kids never got into the dirt bike thing, eh? Yeah, it's I tried. Not a bad I, thing. Like, I tried. You know, I tried everything I could and they just they just never took to it like we did when we were kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah, not a bad thing, but they would have been good at it. Yeah, well, they got the cars. Yeah, they're into that car. Well, they're more into boats, funnily enough. Oh, really? They always have been, man. And what kind of boats? See, we don't put any of that shit on. That's our private life. We yeah. don't put anything on social media. Always been tinny rats, but now they've got the Thundercat. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they've actually... Ashton did a video. What's a Thundercat? Yeah, like a like a pencil hull, inflatable. I'll, I'll show you some videos yeah, after, yeah, man. We'll Ashton had a video that went viral on social media of him... Um, him and his Thundercat just standing on the back pencils for what two minutes down the narrow. Oh, dope! Yeah, dude, like they see, they do like it does like ninety two k an hour. Yeah, that's... and they've also they've got a um a twenty foot bullet with a three hundred uh, XS Merc on the back. That's too much. Yeah, that thing does like ninety mile an hour. So they're they're really they're really really into their boats. Like, yeah, and they awesome. always have been really into their boats because we've always lived on the Gold Coast and we've always lived on the river. You know, yeah. Even when I was a kid, you know, at the age of like fourteen, it was having a tinny was like having a car. Yeah, and yeah. that's where the boys have like grown up. You know, yeah. And we just went and raced the 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 dinghy derby. Yeah, yeah. Is that a Red Bull event? Used to be Red Bull pulled the pin on it about three oh. years ago, something like that. So I think they I think Red Bull sponsored it for two years. It was a pretty big Red Bull thing. Yeah. But um yeah they pulled out of it a couple of years ago. The so. dudes that win that shit are Hardcore. like hectic Hard. motherfuckers. Dude, you are in a three meter tinny, one point six mil aluminium, like it's a, like a fucking coke can underneath you. <laughs> and those guys are doing ninety five kilometers an hour under those logs, eh? Oh, it's have so you gnarly. have you seen any of our stuff on? Nah, look it up. What is Dude, it? Just go Patriot Games Dingy Derby. Just have a look at the teaser from maybe have a look at the teaser from last year, dude. Yeah, definitely. Um, it it's 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 wild. Which one would we be looking at? Oh, just there's three episodes. I don't know if we've got a teaser up there for it. No, oh, just look. Just go to the top one, man. Just go um go tinny bashing. Just fast forward to the to the kind of log stuff. Oh no, sorry, mate. Go back. Go next. Oh, here we go. There you go. Go there. Anywhere from there, dude. And so, are you guys fabbing these things up and like building this? Yeah, thing yeah, up? yeah, yeah. We didn't build the kids' current boat. There's my wife there. That's Sarah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's my brother Bobby. But yeah, we got the new episodes launching in like um, in four weeks. But you're going through these creeks. It's, see, I told you she was sexy. Yeah, yeah, she's. You hot. go through like seventy k an hour in those things, you know? No joke, yeah. dude. Yeah, there's my dad. That's my daughter. This will be a good clip. Watch this. This is Log Creek. This is the gnarliest creek on the whole track. Really? Watch the shit. We're going under, date. <laughs> Watch <laughs> this. this. Look at this on the right. Look at that. Oh. 
Have you done the... Um, Sick, dude. It's good fun. Have you done the jet boats in New Zealand? Nah, they've been calling me over, eh? They want oh, me, really? They want me to go and race. They want me to go and race one of those jet boats over dude, there. Dude, we should definitely get you doing that. So I've got, we've got a contact in New Zealand. He's been hassling... Not hassling, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Not Shit. in a bad you, way. You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. He's, he's been contacting us for the past couple of seasons and wants, wants to get me over and put me in a jet boat yeah. uh, in New Zealand. Uh, funnily enough, our storeman at Patriot Campers is the president for Australian jet boats. So oh. he's been trying to get me to go for a ride in one for a while. It's just one of those things that we just cannot get it to line up. Every mm. time they have an event, I'm already committed somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but these boys over in New Zealand, they want me to come down and drive one for a round and film it for Patriot Games. I'm not I'm not a very good passenger. Yeah. I'd, I'd, the, I'd rather take the drive than take the passenger ride, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. We, um, we went and did a content thing in New Zealand mm. at the start of last year, like right before all the COVID shit. Yeah. We went on one of those jet boats and it was actually somebody reached out to us through the podcast. Yeah. So they listened yeah. to the podcast. So we got like this sick treatment you yeah, know that awesome. was just us there was no paying customers i'm down for any any oh. any form of motorsport any anything with an engine any sort of racing you know it's 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 funny now that you know what we've done in business has now given me the ability mm. to do all the things i wanted to do when i was younger but just couldn't afford them yeah. I, I have a trophy truck now dad like i have a trophy truck can you believe that shit wait I, that's the most ultimate toy you i still can go into that i go into that uh that part of the factory every single day because the the truck is housed on site and i've got two guys on there full time dave spanners is in the show and steve jack my engineer oversees the whole thing he's ex uh, v8 supercar guy um, and I still every day, every day I walk into that factory, man. The first place I go is I go and have a look at my truck. You know, we're talking about success before. To me, that is a token of success. Mm. You know, I said before, you know, that I, well, I could buy a Ferrari if I want. I don't want one anymore. I want my childhood dream and I've got it. Mm. Like I've got a trophy. Tra- whether I mate, whether I think this year is going to be mass. Yeah. Whether we do well. Dude, I'm or, half thinking about race and think on the bro, bike. Do it. Are you fit enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could get through. Make it. yourself fit enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm super fit from train, like from jujitsu. Like that's the that's one I mean. good thing about jujitsu. You should make. I don't have to do much else. Do it because I, you, you, it, I think it'll be one of those things, and it was the same. It's going to be fucking huge this year. Oh, this year is going it'll to be, be bullshit. Mental and the the gear that's coming out this year, man. What Toby with his new yeah, truck? His and new the, truck. There's so many new trucks coming to Australia. There's a big dollar four wheel drive coming over for our class now. There's it, it, this year's going to be big, man. Bike entry's already done. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, I was going to say I probably can't even get. I in think you're anyway. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've already closed. They opened last week. I think cars open on first of March. Well, I got so it, one of the cool coolest things about the podcast. One of my best mates, Sammy, is like he's he owns Fist Handwear. You know, like the glove company. Yep. Motor, yeah. Yep. So, but he's pretty much like he, I just rope him into all my dumb shit because he's the only other person that can like just dip on work and he's yeah. kind of like you for gloves you know yeah yeah and uh yeah. but yeah it'd be sick to race it even in a in a can am like well, I, have I you been out there way. yeah yeah oh you've been yeah out there. Yeah. yeah i've been okay. out there we, probably three or four times yeah your brother will be out there this year so yeah yeah we got a big setup out there man even if you're not racing come out this year yeah i'd, I'd we'll get you on we'll, the camera dude yeah yeah i'd say <laughs> i'd say we'll uh i'd say we'll get out there yeah. at some point oh it's it's the event that we look forward to every year man think is like the the biggest the, the, that is our family holiday of the year yeah it's Fink and it has been for five years now it's just such a special place it's, it's man it's spectacular and whether you're in i think whether you're into motorsports or not 
I don't think you couldn't not get hooked on the romance of Finkay. Yeah. When that sun comes up over that red dirt, dude, and the helicopters start pumping through and you hear the trophy yeah. trucks coming through. There's a smell you know, of you, all that race fuel. You hear Toby Price coming through, dude, with that thing just bawling and just working the ass out of that truck. And, yeah, the sun's they coming up. dust everywhere. scream, oh, too, don't they? Dude, it's, there's, there's, there's nothing better. I saw it for the first time in, like, 2010. I went out there with a buddy. That was my first year out Was it? Yeah, yeah. We drove all the way out there just to go and say it and we camped in a swag on the side of the track man and I was how fucking cold was it that freezing. year freezing oh. oh yeah dude <laughs> oh, I do remember that year that was that was freezing we yeah. had a plague of rats run over us that year in the middle oh, of the night no and, and I was in like an open ended swag there <laughs> I ended up sleeping in the car that but, was um, uh, that was full gypsy life for me then yeah. so that was me and Toby that was Toby's first thing yep and me and Toby flew out there together no maybe I flew out there in Jeff Leask's private plane no stop it and then but it was like we had fucking swags everywhere we were pissing we drank a carton of Coronas and we are pissing <laughs> in an orange juice bottle the whole time in the plane in the plane you, we couldn't get to the toilet because yep. the, the shit was like completely everything chockers. jammed in and then we get there and that so the the first night we're staying in a hotel or whatever i was filming for i was documenting toby's first thing yep and um so then the the second night was the we camped and they'd forgotten that they needed to get me a swag they'd done like the count so i slept in i don't know whose f truck it was yeah and i was freezing fucking freezing I remember I've it. been in Alaska yep I've been all through fucking Europe in winter I have seen some cold places yeah I have never gnarly in my life yeah. been as cold as I was funny the night. things you remember eh? oh. I wouldn't have remembered the temperature out there until you just said that it but ruined, it was cold that year that fucked with my head dude. Yeah, yeah. like that was one of those nights where I, I literally think I grew as a man. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I don't know. I was probably hard, I think maybe like up. 22 or something at that yeah. time. And like, that was one of those times where like, you just doubt your ability to do yeah. your job. I was just like, why am there's, I fucking there's here? There's nothing I hate more than being cold, dude. Oh. Well, give me hate any day of the week, eh? Yeah, that was hectic. Yeah. That well, I don't like being cold. It's just, it's just not in me. I'm tropical. Well, I better let you get to this, uh, this meeting. Almost kept you for three full hours. That went quick. It goes quick, doesn't it? There's so much more I could I oh, could dude. talk about. Yeah, we we haven't even touched the surface, man. That was um that was fun. I really appreciate it, and man, well, mate, like, I appreciate you having us down here. I, I really do. It's mate, it's it's humbling that you know that that you want to hear our story and you think your audience wants to hear our story, and I, I hope this gives it you know a little bit more insight into you know the background of who we are and where we come from. Yeah, you know, it's it, mate, it's it's good collaboration stuff for us, and I've really enjoyed it, man. Yeah, and I think I mean I've personally taken taken a lot from from your story. Obviously, you've got the the business aspect, and you've built an insane business. But then to put yourself out there and your family out there mm. um, on the internet in like the YouTube space, there's there's not a lot of people doing it the way that you guys are doing it in Australia. Yeah. And and that's one of the things like I actually don't really have that many people I can even relate to in this kind of deal in business in terms of the content yeah. and stuff we're in, in a unique spot man and we have I don't think it's it's kind of you know I'm not saying when nobody's ever done it but we're definitely in our uncharted waters yeah you know what I mean it is there's there's always going to be that synergy between Patriot Campers and Patriot Games they're always going to go hand in hand man it will always be a brand that belongs to to our family yeah irrelevant irrelevant of where it goes into the future you know 
but we are we are very focused on the growth of Patriot Camp. We didn't even touch on that. We didn't even go yeah. there. You know what I mean? But the big focus for me for the next 12, 24 months is to get my house back in order, yeah. get Patriot Camp campers ready for for what COVID's brought us. You know, yeah. the, the tides brought us in a an economy now that's you know that's focused on spending money in our market sector and. That's what we really want to focus on into the that, future. Does that excite you? The, the oh yeah, the fact that because I mean it's a full topic we'd have to kind of go into. Yeah. But it, I think a lot of people are real doom and gloom about the COVID situation. Oh, but it's circumstantial, man. I, I feel for the businesses that that haven't survived through COVID. You know, I really feel for you know the 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 mum and dad operators and you know your, your takeaway stores and your cafes and. All those guys that took the big big hits right at the start, you know, I've got a lot of really successful uh, friends of mine in in real estate that own shopping centres and that man. Yeah. Some of the some of the horror stories I've heard from those guys, man, is a lot of people hurt through COVID. So not, you know, I, I don't want to seem like, you know, we're like rejoicing over the fact that COVID's here because I want it gone as much as the next person. But what COVID has definitely done for, for I think, for our economy and and any other economy around the world that has a, a traveling segment it's putting all our money back into domestic tourism and, it, and australians it are going to spend the money here man they're not going to go spend it in bali anymore yeah and for our and again we could talk about this for the next three hours yeah but that's that's so good for our country man. and i think it gives us a chance to kind of rewrite our culture a little bit and it should and, and we should we should look at it as an opportunity to go like for for me, like my message has been like dirt bikes are rad. Buy a fucking dirt bike. It's have the same the, message. Yeah, have it's the, the same experience message. with your friends. Like and have it here. Have yeah. it here. Leave the dollars here. Put the money back into our economy. Put it back into Australia. We are on an island. We're freaking secluded. We have the most beautiful places oh, to visit insane. in the fucking world. Yeah, yeah. There is no other country in the world that has the diversity that Australia has. And Australians have got to be patriotic towards Australia. I can say that and I can say that with, you know, with with another agenda that it's selfish because of the market that I'm yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many other businesses and so many other uh, opportunities, you know, for people to capitalize on, on what's going on in the market right now. Yeah. So that's, I mean, look, that's where we're pushing Patriot Campers. Patriot Games will take a little bit of a, a, a back burner for me for the next kind of 12 to 24 months whilst I'd kind of get the kids moving up into the forefront if they want to take it and that'll allow me to um to take my business to the next stage because we're ready to grow again we're ready to go i really appreciate it mate i've Legend enjoyed brother. this chat yep tremendously so yep. i thought i would and i did met all expectations thank you very Perfect. much for we'll, having me we'll man. definitely do it again yep for sure Cheers, thanks mate. mate unreal that was good